You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carlos Devings, Matt Smith and Neville Bounds. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 228 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me in the garden studio this evening is my co-host Matt Smith. I know, we're in the garden and I don't want to alarm anyone but the weather has been glorious apart from last Friday where it did nothing but rain solidly when I was coming back from the airport. <laughs> we as had we did, rain. We had actual rain and on Saturday uh, and we're now outside decided to... Carlos texted me about one o'clock this afternoon and said, shall we do an alfresco? podcast and I went yeah what a great idea uh, and now I'm looking just behind him it's and got there's very dark clouds behind us now uh, he's looked at his lightning cloud there's nothing and there, has assured so me that there's nothing there to be worried about it's, al- it's almost like the military segment behind rain, me it's cars. the military segment behind me in the sky it's the military segment behind it's you in the sky right there we are good that's in no way offensive to our wonderful serving <laughs> military. And you've dropped the military section this week as well. I know, so. <laughs> I, but I have I have dropped that military segment for a good reason. But anyway, mm. joining us back again this week. And He'll never uh, learn. He, w- he keeps asking me these questions. He'll I never know. learn, will he? Back <laughs> again this week. He's, uh, he's back after his uh, week off last week because uh, he was very busy attending some royal wedding somewhere. No, it's because we were doing the show on an inconvenient day <laughs> to okay. him. It's okay. not. It's, not <laughs> it's Neville Bounds. Welcome back. Back, Nev. Yes, <clears throat> excuse me. Beg your pardon. Yes, here I am back again. A uh, quick question for you though: Is uh, Al Fresco when you do the show without any underwear on? Is that the? Uh, oh, maybe, uh, maybe I'm using the wrong word. Yes. <laughs> As, uh, Al, yes. Uh, never mind. Uh, anyway, <laughs> delighted to be back. Thanks very much indeed for having it back on a Friday evening, which is we missed you last week. Now much more convenient, yeah. I have to say. But yes, Saturday I was attending a wedding, so I was uh, not able to uh, be on the show. Sadly, uh, but uh, yeah, looking forward to a great one today. Got a lot to pack in today, haven't we? We have we a have. busy show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we certainly have. So joining us here in the Garden Studio this week is uh, someone who we haven't had on the show for a while. He's been busy flying everywhere, there, here, there, and everywhere. It's uh, our awesome friend of the show, David Corson. Hello, everyone. Hello, Carlos and Matt and everyone else in the chat room. It's good to be back, although I'm very surprised you decided to go outside because it's looking very, very, very yes. grey <laughs> over here. Now, you've come from Essex, haven't you? Yeah, I drove straight evening. from Essex. Yeah, and, and how was the weather? The Is weather it? was good. The traffic, not so good. Right, OK. Yeah. But there Fair we go. Enough. We'll leave that okay. to uh, another day. Yeah. So, David, we're going to have a chat with you later on the show, but how's things going just briefly with the flying? It's going. I've been, as you said, I've been all over the Europe flying and trying to get my hours in. I've just started training towards my commercial license. So Ooh, I'm getting there. Progress is being good. made. Exciting. Excellent. We'll, we'll, we'll chat, chat more yes, about we that will. later on. So we have also got with us uh, some guests via the realms of Google Hangouts. Uh, so joining us back... <laughs> Google, Google Hangouts. Google Hangouts, everyone. Google it's a new hangouts. one. <laughs> so joining us back on the show again, it's everyone's favourite pilot. It's Myla. Hi, everyone. Um, I guess you guys can hear me but not see me. Of course, like one minute before we went live, yes. my camera just decided to... Stop working, which, uh, which has been really helpful, hasn't it? So, anything, so it's, it's sorry fun. about that, but nice to see you guys at least and <laughs> well, be on the you. show. And uh, I'm sure it'll be a good time. So, Myla, we'll, we'll have a chat with you later as well. But you've also got some really exciting news about what you've been doing uh, with the flying. Yeah, so we're <laughs> looking forward to that as well. And joining us as well, we have some podcast royalty joining oh, yes. us uh, this evening. And uh, he's everyone's, uh, well, he's everyone's 
favourite person from Pasadena and the uh, kind of the across the He's pond. the only person I know in Pasadena. I know, anyway. I know. <laughs> but uh, you may have heard this this young gent on the Airplane Geeks podcast. It's uh, Brian Coleman. Well, guys, thank you so much for having me back on the show. And I thought Alfresco was a show where Captain Al was on. So good point. Um, yeah, Al yeah, on very, four. Very yeah, on four yeah. Yeah. yeah, I should just stress here that whilst I'm getting some abuse for this, ladies and gentlemen, the lovely Jenny in room, who we can always rely on for reliable comment and translation, uh, has indeed highlighted that actually I was using the correct word. It means outside in the fresh air. So uh, to the lot of you, that's all I have to say. <laughs> oh, well done. <laughs> Absolutely. I thought I was doing right, yes. You lot are just trying to wind me up. That's what it is. So, uh, welcome to everyone in the live chat room this evening. Oh, yes. Loads and loads of people in there this evening. We've got, uh, just to mention a few, we've got Falco's in there, and we've got Tony S., Jenny Parkinson, Neil Lanwarn is also in there. We have got Mariana, hello, and Masha's in the chat room. Uh, well, we only saw Masher a few weeks ago. We did. At Farnborough, yeah. And uh, our main man, Micah, as well, yes. is in the chat room. He's our blue spanner of death this evening yes, in yeah. the chat room. Along with Neville. Yes. Along with Nev. And uh, we've got Barbara Parrish is also in the chat room as well. Tanya W. Now, I've had the pleasure of meeting Tanya because when, when I was in New York, uh, she came and joined us at Cat's Diner oh. uh, when I went out with Micah on the Saturday. Did I have before we phoned, uh, No, it's K-A-T-6. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you, have you not watched any uh, uh, when Harry met Sally the very <laughs> famous scene that scene that's, that that film is very famous for was filmed in that diner oh okay yeah and also we've got some uh, other podcast royalty in the chat room Captain Jeff oh no <laughs> oh no that means we have to behave ourselves now uh, where's the fun in that we oh, have we to like pretend like we started on time well, let's be honest I know but now we have to like time. sort of pretend that we know what we're doing and it's very stressful, very stressful I, know, I know so we have got <laughs> a uh, packed show this evening we've got loads of news stories to get through and we've also got another awesome uh, segment from the Farnbrush Air Show that we were all mm. at a few weeks back uh, and that is on the well it's basically uh, well, no, it's, yeah, it's basically a, a uh, pilot pip um, is, segment yeah, yeah. Essentially, yeah. uh, with a little bit of technical help from the legend that is Sir Neville of Bounds. Yes, yes. <laughs> Nev has again done an absolutely fantastic job of putting together a awesome segment uh, of all the footage that was recorded from Farnborough. So well done, Nev. Just, uh, just before oh, we go. Thank you. Yes. Uh, but uh, I suppose we ought to do some news stories this oh, week. Oh, we? you want me to do that? Oh, I know, I know. Do you want to carry okay. the segue a bit longer no, just to give you time? <laughs> there we go. Yeah, keep talking. It's all good. Uh, right, we're ready. Go. So uh, we are <laughs> going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. Oh, always. I'm <gasps> slick as you, you wouldn't believe. Oh, good. If you're <laughs> and if you're ready, Nev. Yes. Are you ready, Dave? No. Okay. No, excellent. I just thought it'd be funny if someone said no for a change. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, Cheers. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, uh, Brian. Uh, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, Myla. <laughs> Let's go. Woo-hoo. So, kicking off this week's first news story, this one is on the cnet.com website, and this is awesome. Me and Matt are watching this for about 300 we, times we before we start the show. Yes. And the headline is, for those of you who love your aircraft or airline safety videos that uh, you should all be watching when you uh, board an aircraft and are mm. getting ready to take off. So, Turkish Airlines have released their newest uh, safety video uh, which features characters from the Lego movie one of my favourites as I'm a big fan of 
Lego, as you can see inside the house, because I have a box of Lego. Anyway, the latest do you actually. Yes, I do. Uh, the latest trend such a in child. <laughs> the latest trend in airlines uh, trying to catch one another out isn't about the comfort <coughs> of business class, but rather about the creativity of their safety videos. Uh, one of uh, it's one of those things that barely anyone watches as your flight is taxiing for takeoff. I always do. So over the last few years, we've seen the Lord of the Rings characters from uh, Air New Zealand, and uh, we've seen smart choreography from American Airlines, and now uh, the, def- the now defunct Virgin America and something appropriately French from Air France, even normally stayed British Airways jumped aboard, lining up a load of British celebrities to remind you of where to find your life fest. Though some flyers wince at the more uh, whimsical ways to snare your attention, uh, I applaud the effort of the newest bid from Turkish Airways, featuring the characters from the Lego movies. Mm-hmm. Opening in a Lego hangar with Lego aircraft in a Turkish livery, the action quickly switches to a Lego cabin uh, where we see... Uh, can and I make a suggestion? Rather yes. than you describing the video, we have it here. So why don't oh, it's we play a brief, brief <laughs> statement <laughs> you here? Know, I don't, I don't wish to be boring here, but you know, we, we do do a video podcast. Oh, okay, and, you okay. know, I mean, you know. Otherwise, it's basically you know, sort of ten minutes of my life I'm not going to get back. So, so uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the, the story does go on whilst I chew a wasp away from yeah. it. Uh, in all seriousness, so regardless of whether you like funny videos, pay attention to learn the basics. So Matt's going to play that video for you whilst I kill this wasp. Yes, we've got a wasp to deal with. So we're, uh, yes, here we are. Sit back. Uh, seat tables in the upright position. Here we go. After our last adventure, I guess you could say we've kind of become movie stars. But we're between movies right now. And what do movie stars do between movies? Start a flashy airline safety video. video. Can we get the step-by-step flashy video instructions, please? Here you go. Step one. Make sure you're inside the airplane. Oh. oh, here we go. Carefully stow your luggage and the overhead bin. Whoa, Emmett. Oh, Ugh. I thought you were a suitcase. You can also store it under the seat in front of you. What's next? Oh, please say seatbelts. Please say seatbelts. Seat I knew it. When the seatbelt sign is on, please fasten your seatbelt. Keep it fastened and visible while seated. Yes. You can release it as shown here when needed. The cabin crew also provides loop belts for infants. Whoa. Step two: Don't be afraid to use shameless celebrity cameos in your safety video. Did someone say cameo? It is illegal to smoke on this flight, including electronic cigarettes. It is also strictly prohibited to smoke in lavatories, which are equipped with smoke detectors. So don't even think about it, hombre. Batman, you want to sit next to me? No, I fly biz class. Set phones and all electronic devices to flight mode. All devices with no flight mode must be switched off. Take off and landing, please unplug all devices. Small devices may be held. Large devices must be stowed. If your device is lost or falls into the seat structure, call a cabin crew member. Step three, a sweet moment between a parent and child. Dad. In case of a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen masks will drop down automatically. Pull the nearest mask towards you to start the oxygen flow. Make sure your mask is well adjusted before helping your child. Stop being weird. Step four. It's not a flashy airline safety video without a song and dance that will get stuck in everyone's head for the rest of the flight. I got this. Attention to all passengers on this flight. We're gonna have a good time in the air tonight. It's some party in the sky. Let's pack our gyms and fly. It's a party. Stop. It's gonna get stuck in my head. No one wants to hear a song about safety. Moving on. Emergency exits are located on each side of the cabin at the front, center, and rear. The exit signs help you locate them. Locate the nearest sign, which may be behind you. Hey, there it is! Ow! In the event of an emergency evacuation, leave the aircraft following the exit signs and illuminated path along the aisle. 
As you exit, please leave all your luggage, high heels, and sharp objects behind so as not to impede the rapid evacuation. Exit doors are fitted with slides, which will be operated by the cabin crew in case of an emergency. Your life vest is located here or So here. you kind of get the gist Place there. Place it over your head and pull the straps That tight. is definitely Inflate one of the most interesting the red toggles are blowing into videos. The, the light will come on when in contact with water. Okay, we'll turn that down while it's still, it's still playing in the background. Now, I don't know, I, I, I kind of like it. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I kind of like it, but I, 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 there's some ch uh, chat room uh, comments going on here. Basically, uh, uh, it's not made for the older generation. Nev had said, actually, imagine if you're an 80-year-old 80 80 passenger. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm a bit on the fence with this one. I kind of like what they've done with it because they're trying to make it sort of... I, I quite like some of the Yeah, Immersive. exactly. I noticed that they, they didn't say, put the mask over your nose and mouth. Which is quite typical at the moment because people seem to be forgetting that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, maybe they've missed out a few things, but mm, who knows? Who knows? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. What, 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 what do you think, Brian? From uh, from across the uh, the pond there, what do you think? Well, I, um, from a communication of safety information, wasn't really a fan of it. However, I did watch it, uh, yeah. so there's something there i i tend not to pay full complete attention to safety videos so this one definitely did get my attention i think that it's also great that they're talking about legos and since my new adventure now is involving legos uh, right okay. you know that's that, that that was kind of fun so i'll i'll, I'll put um the url in the the show notes or if anyone's yep. interested in yeah. legos they could go to craftplicator.com self-promotion here and uh, <laughs> take a look at the new um, project um, yeah but no it was uh, I don't know I, I wish that they'd stick to more traditional safety mm. videos yeah. so yeah so we'll just run through a few, a few of the comments here in the chat room here so Tony S is saying I think it's sad that airlines are having to use important or, or they're basically using important safety videos as as an advertising gimmick which I don't uh, blame him for Falco's then saying I'm sure they do it so that people find it interesting and maybe watch and pay attention uh, Nev, you're not a fan, judging by by these comments here. Uh, is no, it's a safety critical uh, piece of information, isn't it? So why yeah. would you present it in this way? Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Uh, as, as I say again, imag imagine if uh, you're an 80 year old passenger, as Nev said, and it's not made for the older generation. Said Falco, uh, the safety video should be used uh, should be a standard <laughs> ICAO video for each aircraft type. Uh, then no excuses for people mm. not following the instructions. That's from Tony. Yes. Um, but I guess Brian made a good point, though, that the fact that we watched it, it's entertaining. That's the yeah, whole point yeah, of the video, true. isn't it? There's such, so many people, you go on a plane, you don't pay any attention if it's, like, boring as such. I mean, if it, at least it got people watching it. And also, if you've got kids on board, obviously, because it's a big film, whether it's, it's going to be quite successful, because obviously the kids will think, oh, it's a Lego movie, and then they'll sit down and watch it. So maybe... Even if it just gets the kids more involved, they can tell their parents how to do it because they weren't watching or playing with their tablet. I don't know. I mean, it's... Uh... Fal Falco's just asked Brian whether... Uh, it, well, he's just noticed a 3D printer in the background. Were you involved in the making of the Lego safety ad, Brian? All right. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, I, I, I was not um, asked for my consulting advice on that, unfortunately. Well, that's rubbish, so. honestly. <laughs> um, but yeah. uh, anyway, so... Yeah, so it's, it's safe on? to say the chat room has say. very much been sort of yeah. split, really, by the... Uh, by by uh, that, yeah, moving on. So, moving yeah. on to the next story, and this one was one that uh, popped up in the news feeds this week, and I really 
have to say, Matt. This is a mm. pretty good Ryanair story for you this week. It is, yes. Uh, and I've got a couple of videos that I'll play for you at the end of it, but yeah. uh, the long and the short of it. So this is on the independent.co.uk website, and it's Ryanair story because it always is on when it's uh, story two. Uh, Ryanair passengers forced to evacuate plane after mobile phone bursts into flames. So uh, all passengers were safely evacuated back to the terminal and cabin crew dealt with the mobile phone, the airline said. Now... Uh, despite having said that you'll see in the video I, I don't know if I agree that everybody was safely evacuated from the aeroplane but we'll, you'll, you'll see what I mean in a moment so terrified passengers on a Ryanair plane at Barcelona were ordered to evacuate after a mobile phone caught fire the passenger's device was being charged by a battery pack while the aircraft was on the ground preparing to depart aboard a 737 for the short flight to Ibiza uh, dramatic footage shows that it initially burned a hole in an aircraft seat before being knocked onto the floor in flames uh with smoke pouring uh, from the oh oh sorry Hello? Uh, uh, with smoke pouring from the <laughs> fire was almost back yes indeed she's having a lie down by the look of it uh, <laughs> pour, uh with smoke pouring from the fire cabin crew organized an emergency evacuation using the inflatable slides footage shows some disorder with passengers being sent down chutes even though others <laughs> had not cleared the slides i'll show you a video of that in a moment a passenger a passenger who was filming it said that the fire, uh, who filmed the fire and loaded it to Instagram, adding it looks like it's uh, a halfer. I don't know what that is. Uh, I think that's harder. Oh, hi, it looks like it's harder to get to Ibiza than we thought. I've never uh, seen it, uh, seen so many people so scared in their in their life. Uh, this spelling is a pro. You can I tell you what, it's a different generation, isn't it? <coughs> I'm a bit. It's one for that new segment that Neb's going to do. Ah, yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> portable charge. Trouble is, Carlos, I'm worried that you're going to here on it every single week because I've seen your <laughs> tweets anyway uh, portable charger blew up the same row I was sitting at the airline said passengers on a Barcelona to Ibiza flight on the ground in Barcelona experienced an emergency evacuation caused by a mobile phone catching fire so basically you get the gist um, but uh, the, the reason why I'm concerned and I'm now yeah, going to say Matt's now going to play the videos absolutely. for those of you watching in the YouTube chat room uh, if you watch these videos, yeah. let us know your comments on this because they are yeah. interesting videos to say the least. Uh, the videos are available if you are listening to the audio version. If you take yourself to the independent.co.uk and then search for Ryanair Fire Plane Emergency Evacuation and you will no doubt find the uh, videos that were associated with it. So uh, are we are we are we doing the evacuation or the fire first? Which way around uh, should we do it? Do the evacuation first. Do exactly. That was, that was, yeah. right, uh, that was quite special. Yes. Uh, this Now this is a real treat ladies and gentlemen. Brace yourself here we go uh, so a uh, pile up is one word pile up yeah now I <laughs> thought you were supposed yeah. to release one person at a time that's it, that's it. kick him in the head yeah, yeah that's, that's it, it. kick yeah. her in the head yeah yeah this crush is him yeah crush oh yeah crush her yeah. yeah yeah this is going really smoothly isn't it um yeah yeah it but is. it was nice the way that the person of size kind of moved the people off the ramp though so. <laughs> Yeah, it's like Skittles, isn't it? There is that. Human Skittles, <laughs> absolutely. But I mean, all, all jokes aside, there's a serious point here. I mean, you've got um, so you know you've got this awful thing going on here. But I mean, say you've got somebody who is the size and slight of Doctor Steph, and then you've got me behind her, and if she hasn't cleared that slide, uh, you know I'll be as careful as I can. But I'm going to hurt her because I'm quite a large gentleman, and you know I mean she, she'll she'll be catapulted off it into the terminal building. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I, I don't understand what was... I mean, I would... It was... I, I love Ryanair, don't get me wrong, I know we... But somebody needs to get severely told off for the way that evacuation took place, I think, because that is very much not okay. 
Um, you know, and why well, was I think it? In, in, in addition to that, I think some people in their beach clothing attire might not have um, had safety on their mind either. It saw a lot of people with flip-flops, a lot of people with yeah. shorts. Certainly if people have mm. uh, polyester pants or women with mm. a rayon dress, for example, um, that stuff melts as you go down the slide mm. and just not very good. Indeed. So there's another video that I'm going to play very quickly. Now this, then. this next video that Matt's going to play again is... Yes. Um, it's two top favourite topics. Well, one particular so favourite topic of ours, uh, which is... So the first one uh, is actually to do with the, the fire itself. Uh, and uh, here we go. Yes, so this is actually the mobile phone that and the battery pack that had caught fire. Uh, now we're going to go back to the, uh, the chute, as I call it, so people going down the chute. Uh, that's fine. Yep, that's absolutely fine. So this gentleman goes down. He's wearing his flip-flops, as yeah. uh, as was mentioned. Yeah, yeah, uh, not good. great. Uh, now, this woman's got uh, no bag. Good, no bags. We love no bags. Yeah, Very good. He's got a little man bag. Oh, we'll dear. let him off. No, we'll it's let going him downhill. Off. We let him off. Oh, oh, he's got a handbag. Oh, and here come the suitcases. Here come the suitcases. And we've got yeah. suitcases again with cars on the front. That's always good. <coughs> mm -hmm. uh, we've got the kitchen sink. Was then just coming yeah, down. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So you get the idea, basically. People just aren't getting the message, are they? They're not. They're not. We're um, making light of it, and it's obviously funny to watch because no one was injured. But yeah. if this was a really bad emergency, a lot worse than yeah. it appears to be, that that could have been disaster. That could have led to people's deaths with the way they were getting Literally, off that plane yeah. and the suitcases they were bringing with them. And I think I think Micah said a few weeks ago that people need to be brought to justice for doing that because yes, they were fine, it all worked out okay. But what if it hadn't? What if what if their stupidity had led to that being a lot lot worse? Yeah, it's terrible. I, yeah. It's just honestly, when I saw that, Matt, I just thought I really, really need yeah. to cover this in the show this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because we, like I said, you you said at the beginning of that bit there, mm. segment there, we do cover sh uh, stories about this all the time of people mm. taking their luggage off the aircraft. Which you know, a man bag mm. or a handbag is yeah. okay, but when it's a full size carry on suitcase, yeah, uh, it, it's <laughs> not okay. Much. I have a literally, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, I have to. to I have literally just heard from uh, our expert on this, unfortunately, Ooh, but uh, oh, I, I can't. I, I'll, I'll try and WhatsApp me. We might have to come. Okay. We might come back yeah. to the story okay. while while we while Carlos is. What are you going to say, Brian? No, I was going to say, talking about holding people accountable, there was a very unfortunate shooting here recently in Los Angeles, and uh, so I'm not sure if the listeners are familiar with it, but there's a grocery store chain called Trader Joe's, and this guy was um, speeding along, being chased by the police. He crashes his car, gets out of the car, um, shoots at the police, the police shoot at him, and unfortunately, they end up shooting the store manager, and she ends up Whoa. passing away. The guy who um, crashed the car, um, the criminal in this case, is actually being charged with murder. And I don't have a problem with that. Uh, it, so, yes, technically, the, the police officer's stray bullet um, shot and killed the, the woman. But if he wasn't acting so irresponsibly, that never would have happened. And, um, yeah, it's so the same thing with, I think, people getting off aircraft, take taking their suitcase, multiple suitcases, uh, as we saw that one individual do. Yeah, if anything happened, I think that they should be held accountable for that. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think you're right. I mean, it's just... I mean, the thing that I, we weren't there, obviously, and the, the, the one thing that really concerned me was <clears> in that first video where they're literally, like, one after the other, bounce, bounce, bounce down the thing. Now, surely there should have been cabin crew controlling the people leaving the aircraft or is it you know is it i think they may have been a bit more worried about just getting people off the aircraft maybe the person at the bottom of the slide 
could have been doing a better job. I don't know what the, the situation was. I no, mm. noticed Masha in the chat room has said it didn't look very impressive and they're surprised that there was an emergency evacuation, which I think a lot of people will comment on now you've seen the footage of the fire and what happened and, yeah. and what chaos it caused. But if the pilots weren't told, if they were just told there's a fire in the cabin and they didn't have all the information, they obviously couldn't see it firsthand. Yeah, they weren't to know that, that what they just need to take it as seriously as they possibly the, can um, do. The fire wasn't that bad because we all saw a picture of it. Exactly. Expert exactly. with their iPhones. You with their yeah, <laughs> expert iPhones, as you would expect. Yes, indeed. It's, uh, yeah, so I yeah, but still, if, if, if I'm a passenger on the plane, though, and there's a fire, I really don't think I'm staying around very long no, to see if fire. it gets worse and to a point where there should be an emergency evacuation like that. I, no. I, my, my, I, I don't know. Fi fires on boats and airplanes are just not good. And it's on the ground, hasn't taken off. It's going to be full of fuel, potentially. Fire, fuel, yeah, not a good mixture. Yeah. I like uh, Mike's comment in the chat room there. Doesn't Ryanair have an evacuation fee? Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> yes. Perhaps it was a chip and pin yeah. not working. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Maybe the card machine the contactless. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes. I anyway, see. moving on. Yeah. Uh, right, uh, okay. So, the next yeah, so, so, as I say, I've reached out to our expert who, oh, yeah. who has worked for a very similar airline, okay. uh, who is currently in Dubai. Uh, I've, I've sent I sent him a message and he's reading the story at the moment so okay. we may come back to that later if we get any any comment. So moving on to the next story uh, Nev this one is a special one chosen just by yourself. Oh yes I'm looking forward to this this is on the aviationfigures.com another triumph of aviation reporting. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> this one's brilliant. Fishing Airways kicks 20 passengers off holiday flight because the 35 degrees centigrade heat wave made the plane too heavy. British Airways wow. booted <laughs> 20 passengers off one flight from London City Airport because the hot weather made the plane too heavy. The airline said that the blistering 35 degrees heat on the affected, uh, sorry, on, that's a terrible piece of writing again, uh, the air, af, the, I'll start again. The airline said that the blistering 35 degrees heat affected the air pressure, meaning aircraft could not take off unless they shed weight. London City Airport's short runway means that jets have to take off at a steeper angle than at most other airports. Passenger told, passengers told of their fury as they were told that they would be going off, they wouldn't be going off on their holidays on the busiest day of the year for air travel. Travellers were asked to leave 14 flights, but one plane, plane bound for Ibiza saw 20 travellers bumped off shortly before boarding on Friday. The Hopkins family were on their way to visit relatives when they were told that they wouldn't be allowed on the plane. Uh, mom of three uh, told the son online her daughter Chloe, who suffers from Down syndrome, had been counting down the days to see her granny and was heartbroken when they were booted off the flight. Her husband Tom and their kids, 14 and 12 and 10, were jetting out to scatter her father's ashes on the Balearic Island. The 43-year-old 43 43-year-old fashion buyer from West London said we were lining up, having been told to get to the gate when they asked if anybody wants to be, wants to be bumped off the flight. Nobody came forward and then they said they were going to have to pick 14 people because it's so hot and we need to carry more petrol in order to take I beg off. your pardon! <laughs> I, uh, I didn't know that was the fuel of choice for the oh, uh, no. Embryo uh, right. E190. Oh, anyway, no. we're not going to go on about that. There's oh no, we should. We really should. I'd like to say about this. Oh, God, please, Nev. It's there, Nev. Only two. I can't imagine Only two. why. Uh, but they are two very important things. The firstly, firstly uh, of course, we always like to see a picture of roughly the aircraft involved <laughs> at London City and we see a picture of a Boeing 747-400 <laughs> uh, 
Now, <laughs> they, those planes can be quite light without any fuel or passengers like, or seats. With any in, petrol, but yeah. not going to get airborne <laughs> off of London City Airport's runway. Maybe with think. petrol, they would. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, maybe that's where they're going wrong, yes. Perhaps it's that, that high-octane five-star <laughs> <laughs> we used to buy back in the 1970s. Yes. For those who can yes. But actually, what I decided to do, because I thought, as I'm just you know, a bit of an amateur chap, I thought I'd ask a bit of a pro here. So um, I couldn't find but I spoke to Pilot Pip instead. Um, <laughs> right. Who does operate out of London City Airport. And he says that the climb gradient on most of the departures from City is around 8%, which is based on a single engine operation. So if you have an engine failure, the obstacles around the Docklands area are not actually that much of an issue since all the departures from 27 to north before then. If an aircraft can't make the minimum climb gradient, then it's up to the operator to come up with a special procedure. And for us, the special is to turn right at 1.3 nautical miles and head east, which is almost identical to the start of the published departures anyway. The real issues at City are A, the runway length, and B, noise abatement, one of the reasons for the steep climb gradient. And with regard to this story, I'm not really clear as to what limitation they were having an issue with, but by reducing the weight by losing passengers or fuel is fine. Uh, but the quote in the article says that they kicked off more packed passengers to take more fuel. So, in fact, no more weight reduction. So that does suggest maybe they had overfueled or had to file the flight at a lower level, which would require more fuel. So it could be a number of uh, things really there. So, uh, again, you know, reading this article, you don't really get the, the full story. But I think it is one of the best articles I've seen uh, with regard to... Uh, aviation inaccuracies right yes yes uh, right up your street as it were Sinev uh, well as I said before I was thinking of doing a bit of a segment on that on this whole thing but the trouble mm. is it would take up the whole show uh, we wouldn't have enough time for any other stories so. <laughs> good point good point well made uh, who knows uh, what, what do you think yeah, of all and, the I, I mean, I've certainly been on flights I, I remember one in particular it was a Friday night coming back home from Las Vegas and was asked to deplane because of a weight issue and Sure, I was upset over it and would have liked to have gotten home on time, but would I have rather been on the plane and had it crash because it was overweight? I don't think so. No, I, no, yes. I'm saying that they were booted off. It's No, they were just denied boarding or you know, asked to leave for safety, which seems completely reasonable to mm. me. Yes, exactly. I think it's all in the headline, really. It's like kicks off 20 passengers, but you could rewrite that headline and say British Airways are a sensible airline and make sure their planes take off the ground and fly safely. Yes. Which is, which there's is absolutely good. nothing wrong with that. I'm going to get, try and get some of that uh, aviation petrol for my car. <laughs> yes, good. I think. <laughs> absolutely. That sounds the right stuff to me. I, I, I wonder what kind of miles to the gallon you might get out of said yeah, special fuel now. Yes. yes, about three. And yeah. <laughs> 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 right, yes. Yeah, I, you, you have picked a really good site here, Nev, and uh, I just noticed, whilst you were talking about that story and we were laughing away, I've noticed that this website that we're on is, is a, bit of a, um, a bit of a site for this kind of uh, faux pas, because one of the stories that they've, they've got on the right-hand side of this particular page we're on is about the terrifying moment the A380 drifts all over the runway as it struggles to land in a 20 <laughs> mile an hour crosswind I said 20 two zero, not you know, 20 mile an hour right, not, not 70 okay right. and um, I was actually just um, looking as you do to see what the maximum crosswind limits are for an A380 crosswind landing and they are actually 46 miles per hour which is uh, 40 knots and uh, well, wow apparently wow. this particular 380 was struggling in 20 
uh, miles per hour. I think this right. this story we we did cover it before, didn't we? Uh, just a little bit too over enthusiastic with the application yeah. of rudder, so yeah. just swinging around a little bit after he touched yeah. it. But, uh, but yes. great story though, Nev. Well done. Oh yes, but you know, <laughs> hardly exactly you know a life changing moment. I think. <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, no, that was indeed. good. I enjoyed that. It's good, good to get that finished. <laughs> it's, off it's, good to talk, it's, it's good gentlemen. to talk, ladies and gentlemen. It's good to talk. Right, yeah. so next then, Brian, the next story is uh, is one all especially for you. Uh, so all the passengers that got kicked off the plane had to um, uh, camp overnight, as reported in The Sun. That's it. Actually, is, is so is is the sun a reputable? Uh, very, um, very, very, very. Uh, yes, why not? Especially the third page. Think about <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, some grounds there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, they say passengers camp in morgue-like makeshift beds overnight after airline strands them. Huh. Imagine who this airline could be. Since I'm reading the story. Uh uh-uh. <laughs> United Airlines failed. <laughs> to put travelers up in hotel overnight after they were stranded in Chicago due to technical issues with a plane. I guess it's good that it wasn't technical issues with something else. Well, so indeed. Blaming on the plane. When Liz <laughs> Smith went to board her flight at, at a busy U.S. airport, she never expected the series of events that would culminate in her taking these photos. At first glance, one, for, one could be forgiven for thinking this is a scene from a morgue. Are you guys showing the... The, I'm the working on it. Give photos. me a moment. Yes, there we go. Pictures are there. <laughs> yeah, having everyone all lined up. Yeah. Um, but the bizarre image actually shows stranded passengers camped out at Chicago Hare International Airport. Shortly after midnight, two plane loads of United Airlines passengers were told their flights, including one to Portland International Jetport, would be delayed until the following, in, until the morning following a series of mechanical incidents. Despite delays up to 12 hours, the airline refused to put them up in hotels and told them everything is closed now. Instead, in a move labeled cruel and unusual, they they offered the travelers, including the elderly, disabled, and small children, cramped beds and blankets uh, that were set up in the halls of the airport. And then blah, 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 blah. Somewhere the article goes on to say, this is a long article and I'm not going to read the whole thing. They go on to say that at four in the morning, uh, the airport security came through and woke everyone and removed the cots and blankets. Um, So I I just want to point out United didn't do that. Uh, It was the airport security that did that. So United really had no control at that point. Um, yeah, but that that would sort of take the sting out of her story, though. Surely, if uh, you know she was to listen to reason and common sense, uh, I mean, it, I mean, it's a difficult situation, isn't it? I mean, I suppose uh, there, there is only a finite amount of of beds that are available, when especially if it's a, you know if it's a large wide body aircraft. Yeah, and you've exactly. got three hundred and something people yeah. all wanting a hotel at one time. It's um, it's going to be a bit of an issue. It is. I, so there's so much information that's not in this story um so one of them is it really the um the i wanted to say incompetence but that's not Mm. the right word is it that the gate agents their hands were tied in handing out hotel vouchers or was the city actually booked and around chicago hair if anyone's been there there are loads and loads loads of hotels around 
Uh, so I find it hard to believe without a severe weather event that all the hotels would be would be full. And, and, right. and I have been there in the wintertime when it snows, and that's, that has happened. Uh, or you have to go really far away uh, in order to, to stay. But this doesn't sound like the weather was all that bad and uh, the flights were canceled due to mechanical. So I think there are probably hotels around. So it makes me wonder why they weren't issued uh, hotel vouchers because it was a mechanical. Now, if it was weather, then the airline's not responsible for putting them up in hotels, and that's okay. Uh, having my super Uber United status, I don't have to worry about that because uh, <laughs> they they will pay for a hotel for me uh, if it's mechanical or weather. So that's nice and one of the reasons why I continue to fly with United. Uh, however, things like people complaining that uh, food vouchers weren't given out and again, I could kind of understand, but at midnight, all of the restaurants at the airport are closed. So giving out a voucher becomes worthless. Pointless. Yeah, if you can't pointless, spend yeah. it anywhere. Now, yeah. should the airline have canceled the, the flight sooner? Probably, but on the other hand, I think they were trying to get people out. And yeah. had they been able to resolve the mechanical issue, everyone would have been flying that night. Mm. Although late, they still would have been on, on the aircraft. So I don't know. I just don't think that it's as bad for United as the way this article is is written. Um, but maybe I'm just being... <laughs> in, in their defense, the, the Coleman camp bed is an incredibly comfy bed to, to sleep on. Oh, they are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I I did that once when I was five or six years old, and I think swore I would never do it again. But, yeah. <laughs> they 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 are not comfy at all. <laughs> oh dear. Well, it's uh, safe to say that uh, that's uh, a good story for United, as always, because yeah. we know you love. Uh, but but Carlos, actually, the good news is I only had four hours to spend in the in the bed, so it really wasn't that terrible, yeah. right? <laughs> Had they let them sleep till late in the morning, that would have been cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good point. Well made. <laughs> so, moving uh, on to the uh, next story, Myla, this one's for you. Thank you. Uh, this one's from the independent.co.uk and it reads Jet 2 passengers threaten to boycott airline for an unusual reason. Passengers are threatening to boycott airline Jet 2 because of the song it chooses to play on board. The budget airline Jet 2 plays Hold My Hand by Jess Glein, both on the plane and when passengers are waiting to board. On repeat. But it seems passengers have now grown sick of the tune, with various travels talking, taking to social media to vent their frustration. So Philly Bryan posts on Twitter, I flew Jet 2 this week. They make you listen to Hold My Hand by Jess Glein about 10 times on every flight. I'll walk to Portugal next time. And Mackenzie uh, CFC says, worst thing about flying with Jet 2 is the endless sound of Jess Klein's voice. And Ross Goodfellow says, why do Jet 2 find it accept acceptable to play Jess Klein, hold my hand over and over? Jet 2 has used Glenn's hit for its campaign since 2016, playing the song extensively on its aircraft. According to frustrated flyers, it's most annoying when delays force planes to sit on the runway for hours with the passengers on board waiting to take off. 
Nat Carson says, I forgot to mention I flew Jet 2 and they played Jazz Line eight and a half times before we even took off and I honestly wanted to die. <laughs> Jet 2 replies though, uh, Hi Izzy, <laughs> we're sorry to hear that you're not a fan of the song and we'll be sure to pass this on to the team. We find Jazz Line gets us in the holiday spirit. For the smiley face Indeed. behind that. <laughs> now, is the I, I don't know if uh, so. I, I found the video as you were probably talking about. I don't. Oh, know, don't play it. I, no. I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's uh, <laughs> on repeat for the rest of the show. There you go. Just so we all know what they're talking about. There we go. So that's, I can't play any more than that because obviously I'll get a warning. Oh no, it's not stopping. Stop. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was <close>. Stop. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's that, that's good. But uh, yeah, so that's the, the the song that they're going on about basically. But, is, but, uh, but here, just to round the story up, it says it appears the airline has no plans to reduce how much it plays the 2015 hit. A spokesperson for the company said, "Hold my hand." Concept is very popular with. The our customers and we receive a huge amount of positive feedback about both the advert and the song so apparently they're very happy with it well yeah I mean it's well, good, I, it's good one person is yeah I mean personally I love the song but that's just that's because yeah. it's on the Radio 2 playlist and that's why I love it frankly but uh, <laughs> there we are yeah. imagine working for them though imagine hearing it all the time I not know. just when you're flying with it that must be worse it would but, be like the old Ryanair thing you know that whenever you, they used to have an on time landing and they used to I don't do know what you're talking about I was just about to mention that the fanfare was awesome another on time landing yeah you see some people are just so very ungrateful anyway just as a very quick side before we move on to the next story uh, some of you, some of your more, more eagle-eyed viewers may well have noticed that we've been joined by an additional uh, person who hopefully is going to take his mic off mute now uh, and uh, yeah it's uh, it gives me great pleasure to say hello Owen hi guys can you hear me we hi, can indeed Owen. yeah yeah absolutely Loud cool. and clear. Oh goodness, it works okay yeah yeah um, so I'm very, very, <laughs> I'm very surprised to see that it works um, audio only I'm afraid for no, today no that's fine yeah, uh, yeah. but I think that might be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, Owen, I Owen, earlier right. on, yeah. earlier on, we covered a story uh, uh, regarding a low-cost airline in the UK here, and mm -hmm. uh, obviously, as uh, as cabin crew yourself, you know all about the training procedures, what should happen, what shouldn't happen, and uh, uh, Matt sent you the link. You've had a little look at the uh, links in the video. What is your view on what should and should not have happened? Yeah, so um, I've been uh, briefed on the story, and uh, I, I've, I've seen it in the media as well. Um, to be honest with you, from it, it's it's hard to say without seeing the uh, the airline's point of view on this and what actually happened in the cabin. But uh, in terms of whether we have procedures or uh, something for that sort of scenario, where the where we have a, a an electrical fire or a portable electronic device uh, which explodes there is actually a procedure for that uh, so I was personally quite surprised to see that there was an evacuation uh, especially seeing as there are uh, very structured drills in place in most airlines to uh, cope with um, to cope with that particular scenario uh, the ins and outs of the situation we don't really know um, so it could have been in somewhere uh, that possibly could have affected uh, some other system um, and possibly the pilots made a call to evacuate uh, 
as opposed to the cabin crew, or perhaps the other way around. Perhaps uh, the cabin crew made a decision that because they found that there was uh, some part of the aircraft that was structure structurally compromised. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not too sure which is the case, um, but definitely there are procedures in place for that, and there are very, very set procedures in place. Um, so I say there is some part of that news item that we're just not hearing, uh, that just hasn't been released. Um, and yeah, again, people taking their bags off off the aircraft. Yes, <laughs> really, yeah. really frustrating. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Now, I mean, because the, the thing that, that that really that hit me home, which is to be honest with you, I know because you, you're very busy at the moment, and I'm I'm sorry that we sort of reached out to you, but it was the thing that really concerned us all about this particular story, uh, or me especially, was just basically that they were literally piling off the aeroplane. Yeah, that that th- um, that really concerned me. Do you know what I mean? I, I was sort of under the impression that it would be sort of, you would literally be releasing them kind of like one at a time, so you'd have one at the bottom and one at the top, sort of. Yeah. To to be honest with you, the priority is not to keep uh, is is to get everyone away from the aircraft as fast as possible, and if that's by piling up and uh, forcing people off, that's that's what has to happen. Uh, if there's a situation going on inside the aircraft and outside is is uh is safer and that's just the that's just what has to happen um the way it was handled on the ground um you saw there was a person there who was uh in a high-vis vest in the video in the video for those of you who could see it there's a person who was kind of helping the the people off the aircraft uh i know at harpjet there uh is uh there is procedures in place for taking people off uh, the slides and, and for people to guide but there is only so much that you can do um, to encourage people to, to move faster and uh, in some cases you know people might have already been injured by the time that they get off remember evacuating an aircraft is something that will sustain injuries that's that's just fact uh, and I think Al has touched on that a few times before yeah. certainly not only on this podcast but uh, on the plane safety uh, podcast as well the um, the evacuations just they they cause injuries um but they cause less injuries than if you keep them on keep keep people on board and that's that's kind of why uh they're done uh it's just to save lives mm. but uh oh, yeah wait, what, I mean, about, what about the the fact of people taking their uh suitcases down as, as the flight attendant standing at the door can you tell them to leave it but i can imagine that creating a problem as well where the galley might fill yeah. up extremely fast with with bags so really what it, it seems like you're in a difficult position at that point the very difficult position is that when they have them at the door the priority is to get the person on the door or out the door uh whether they're with their bags or not um and if you start leaving things behind in the cabin you take more time to explain to them leave it behind than you do to push them out the door um so that that's the problem there uh the the bigger problem is not so much that they have the bags when they get off the aircraft uh the bigger problem is when you're in the cabin and when you're trying to get out of your seats that's where having a bag causes causes problems um, because you're you're we've all been in the situation where you've been carrying a bag and it's got caught on the uh, on the armrest or it, you know the the suitcase is just slightly too wide to fit through the the aisle or whatever it is um, and it's those sort of problems so actually once they're at the door it doesn't really matter um, but uh, so for okay. for me that would be get everybody off the aircraft bag or no bag um, but 
it's the part in the middle of the aircraft where we're not where the cabin crew are not there to to you know <laughs> lock the happens um yeah that that's that's the frustrating part because uh, that's the yeah. part that we need to get people off that's that's the part that creates the most uh delay as well is is actually trying to get people in and out of seats Oh, and uh, Mike has just asked a very good question here in the chat room, actually. Owen, how do you feel about uh, uh, prosecuting people who take bags during an evacuation? Yeah, I think that would be a fantastic idea. Uh, and possibly um, it, it might create some uh, issues in terms of governments wanting to prosecute people or not wanting to prosecute people. Uh, but definitely... Um, the airline has all the information of every single one of those people uh, who are who are on the ground or who are on the the aircraft, and uh, they're obviously going to be uh, trying to account for those people as well. So they'll be able to see whether they have bags or not. And I think a great way to be would be just to blacklist them from flying, um, plain and simple. Uh, it's, it's possibly not the prosecution that Micah is talking about, but uh, in terms of a penalty, I think that's a very very se severe uh, penalty especially in this day and age when uh, the world has become so small just because of air travel yeah uh, but I think yeah blacklisting often an, uh, an airline or or just air travel in general is possibly the the best way that that could be mm. implemented in my opinion my opinion Indeed. other people might uh, be able to <laughs> uh, Richard, Adams is, uh, Richard Adams in the chat room has actually suggested maybe cabin crew need an emergency cattle prod perhaps to uh, assist in the uh, <laughs> uh, evacuation and everyone behaving anyway uh, we, we've covered this story enough uh, and uh, uh, thank you very much for joining us uh, thanks Owen Owen thanks because no we, we, we were sort of just a bit desperate for sort of, you know, you. some expert um, comment really so uh, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll let you get back to your evening now so thanks for, for, for dropping in no, no I, I'm, I'm actually free to, to stay on it's, uh, it's late evening and the pool is closed in my building oh, oh. oh. oh all right <laughs> oh no really owen i think matt was saying it's time for you to go yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah go on <laughs> go on bugger off goodbye yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> especially after that we don't need to know about you sat by a swimming pool that's just rude anyway so moving on yeah. to the <laughs> next story then uh david our guest here in the garden studio it's all yours uh, yeah, still dry in the garden studio. I'm glad so to report far, as yes. well. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't uh, had a rush inside yet. <laughs> so this story is from the marketplace.org, and the uh, the headline reads: Airline pilots, is there an actual shortage? Are our employers not paying enough? Mm. How many pilots do you need up there in the friendly skies? Boeing recently projected that the airline industry will need almost 800,000 pilots over the next 20 years. That's about double the current workforce. The problem is, though, that airlines are already facing something of a pilot shortage. One solution is to train more pilots, another is to decrease the need for pilots. Ooh. Typically three or four pilots are needed for a long haul flight, but Airbus and Thales, a company that makes cockpit technology, think automation could reduce that number within the next five years. Seth Kaplan, managing partner at Airline Weekly, joined us, which is the website here, to discuss the current state of the airline labour force. Below is an edited transcript of the interview. Uh, so the first question asked was, we hear a lot about pilot shortage, what's going on? Well, first you had this wave of retirements. A whole lot of pilots who came into the workforce after the Vietnam War were kind of all forced to retire at once, because you're not allowed to be a commercial pilot once you turn 65. On top of that, airlines around the world were growing and there were more demand for pilots. Then, in America, the rules changed. It became a lot harder to become a pilot. You need a whole lot more hours of practice time, basically, so that's more expensive. That means not as many people can become pilots. 
Uh, and when they become a pilot, they expect to earn a lot more than those minimum wages that we used to hear pilots earned from some of the smaller airlines. That's not what they're earning anymore. So all of that gets airlines say there is a big shortage. The pilot unions, by the way, say there is no shortage. They say, hey, just pay more and you'll have the pilots you need. So turning to automation, how would this work? Are we talking about planes without pilots? Hmm. Well, maybe someday in the future. Uh, I mean, decades off was the answer. For now, what manufacturers are talking about is maybe having one few pilot on the flight. Nowadays, you need two pilots in the cockpit, but that means uh, you might need to have three or four on board when somebody takes a break. What they're talking about is getting it to where a, a cruise altitude on a long flight, you might only need one pilot in the cockpit and then you might only need one uh, to carry, say, two on board on an eight or 12 hour flight rather than the three pilots they currently use. And there's disagreement about the answer to that question, as we know. So are there any safety concerns here? Well, pilot unions, as you'd think, um, have said absolutely that there is a safety concern. Now look, of course they're also concerned about employment for pilots, but they say you want two pilots up there because what happens if something happens to one of the pilots? On the other hand, cockpits used to have three pilots in them all the time, and now almost all of them only need two pilots in the cockpit. And of course, flying is generally safer than it has ever been. So one way to look at it is that the flight has become more automated and as not as many pilots are required, flying has become far safer. So the reduction so far in pilots hasn't made things less safe, but pilot unions say, hey, there's a big difference between dropping from two to three from dro than dropping from two to one. Mm. Pilot shortage. Uh, with the costs and stuff involved, David, obviously you're a, you'll be the first person to ask about this. I think it's a difficult thing to, to kind of put a figure on at the moment, but what you can see happening, especially in America, and it's now coming across to Europe, is that the airlines are making training packages more attractive I'd say they're certainly making it trying to make it more accessible I don't think they've got to the point they'll need to get to but there's certainly efforts that they are making to try and reduce the cost or maybe spread the costs in some way but in the way of automation I don't I think we will get to the point where we'll all be one pilot I think we've gone from three to two as it said but I think we're a long way off I think we're a long way off that point with automation and everything but Nev, I think it will come eventually Nev how do you f I mean because I mean well I, I, I throw this to Nev first but obviously uh, Brian as well really I mean how do you feel about their you know sort of them basically just having one officer in the, in the in the cabin I mean how do you feel about one person being in charge and flying you know in the flight deck on his own I'm pleased to say I don't think that's going to happen in my lifetime right um, and there have been so many occasions now where it's shown that two people in the cockpit is a safer option. Um, and uh, as good as the automation is, as good as the electronics are, as good as the autopilot is, things go wrong. And it takes uh, two sets of eyes and two brains to problem solve in, 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 uh, in some situations, not all of them, of course. So I still think we're going to see two people in the cockpit for the foreseeable future. And I'm glad that we are. Yeah. I mean, Brian, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, we talk about this every once in a while on the Airplane Geeks podcast, and David and I have gotten into a discussion or two over it where he's saying, oh, well, military's been flying single pilot for a long time. And I said, yeah, that's fine, but they're not carrying 300 passengers in their plane, or even if it's 12 passengers, I really don't care. They're not general public passengers. And just the other day, there was a story 
or, or maybe it was earlier today, where a, a cargo plane, single pilot cargo plane had, had crashed and uh, quite possibly had there been a, a second pilot in the plane, they would have noticed whatever the issue was and corrected it and kept that plane from, from crashing. Uh, no, I think it's a really bad idea to have uh, single pilot operations, at least in my lifetime. One of the other things that this story drove me crazy about is they talked about having uh, three pilots in an aircraft and thinking back to uh, 727 days or um, uh, DC-10, L-1011s, uh, oftentimes that third pilot wasn't a pilot, they were an engineer. And sometimes they were able to fly the plane, but many times they weren't. They were, it was a non-flying position. Uh, and, and I think Captain Jeff has, has talked about that on, on his show yeah. as well. So uh, going from three to two isn't necessarily accurate. For long haul flights, depending on the long haul flight, there can be three, sometimes four uh, pilots on the plane, depending on the, the duration of the flight. Right. I also think that it's very easy to say that increasing the pay isn't going to produce pilots in that it still takes time to build this proficiency and competency of that skill being a pilot. So, yeah, if you raise it from their uh, terrible food stamp wage that, that they were being paid to a decent, reasonable living wage, there's still a lag time until you get uh, mm. trained pilots into those positions. So pay isn't going to immediately solve this problem. No. Myla, the... Um I mean, the, the the thought of sort of like single pilots and stuff. I mean, Nev is sort of saying he thinks that's not going to happen in his lifetime, or or indeed ours probably. Um, but uh, I mean, how how would how would you feel as a you know? Because I mean, obviously, GA pilots are sort of flying on their own all the time. I mean, how how do you, how would you feel essentially about um, flying some of these larger aircraft? Let's let's use the seven three seven eight hundred as as an example. Um, how would you feel about flying one of those on your own with passengers on, on board? Well, well, the thing is, there's part of it is human nature. We are notoriously bad multitaskers, yeah. even though everybody good says, point. "Oh, I'm so good at multitasking." Uh, yeah, We're no, but not. of course, you know, for ladies, and obviously, they are very good at multitasking. <laughs> I mean, that's been proven on numerous <laughs> occasions. So it's only us men that are useless at it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but but we are bad at multitasking, and the the big aircraft they were. They have so many processes going on at the same time. Uh, you need to keep your positional awareness, your situational awareness, you need to communicate, you need to uh, keep track of all the systems, you need to do failure management. All those tasks, uh, if you do them at once, you're not gonna, you're gonna end up behind the aircraft. So, and also combined with the fact that the design of big aircraft is focused on having two pilots in there Mm. Uh, one solving the problem and one flying actually the aircraft. Actually flying, yeah. Uh, you just... It, it wouldn't be good if you would ask one person to do it by themselves. No, fair point. Can no. I just quickly ask Brian while he's here? That, um, I don't know if you know the answer, Brian, but I remember um, not so long ago the FAA may have passed the reauthorization bill that they are going to test with single operations for cargo um, operations. Is that correct or has that gone through or not? 
I don't know the current status of it. I'd have to okay. rely on the Googles for that. Ah. <laughs> Indeed. Actually, let's take advantage of the fact that we do have access to uh, cabin crew here. I mean, uh, Owen, I, I, I presumably from your point of view, do, I mean, does does having essentially only one person flying the airplane, I presume that has very little impact on on your role in 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 the cabin. Uh, potentially, yeah. Um, it, uh, it it wouldn't really see too much difference from our side. But uh, one point that I'd like to touch on is uh, uh, something that came about as uh, well. Possibly it was there before in some airlines, but definitely in some of the European carriers um, after the German wings in- incident uh, in two thousand and fourteen. Am I right in saying? 2014, 2015. Is this the, the one wings, where he uh, flew it into the air, into the mountain, yeah. or something? That would be the one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a really unfortunate thing that happened, but uh, because of that, many airlines that didn't already have this in the uh, in the in their operating procedures uh, designated that should one uh, pilot need to leave the cockpit for, to go to the toilet or to to uh, get food or whatever it may be, uh, that somebody else would. Uh, um, and a crew member would be in there with, uh, in the cockpit yeah. m- with the other the o- other operating pilot. Um, the thing that would scare me is that if that was to, to happen in a situation with a single pilot, um, the the person in the flight deck, uh, if it was a, a member of cabin crew, a, except for a very very small. Uh, minority of cabin crew would not have any sort of experience or uh, any sort of training in how to deal with any sort of situation uh, that would arise uh, on the flight deck. Uh, and possibly uh, you, you run into the same situation again. Even if you had two cabin crew go in there uh, with each other, you still run the, the, the same sort of risks uh, as you did with the, the German Wings incident. So I think... Um, I think, from a security point of view, that definitely is something that um, that uh, shouldn't be changed. That there definitely should be two people in the cockpit. Actually, some chat. There's some uh, quite good chat going on in the uh, in the chat room. Um, some some quite good chat going on well, in the chat some room. Quite good God. chat going on in the chat room. <laughs> I can see Nev sighing already. He's shaking uh, his head I in know. horror. Yeah. Still, I'm trying to multitask here. And I'm trying to multitask. Oh, it's not dear. going very well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, uh, Barbara's saying that uh, it, it, it will be reliable enough to be cost effective. Uh, you know, talking about um, obviously the you know the money kind of thing and pilots and airlines and stuff. Saving money mm. would not be. Uh, it's not really the answer, I think, to this kind of thing. Uh, it uh, says here, Neil says in the chat room, Neil Lamore says, you won't see single pilot or single pilot passenger airliners until long after single pilot cargo carriers. Um, scrolling up here, because mm. Captain Jeff's in the chat room actually somewhere. I did notice a comment mm. earlier from Captain Jeff. But, um, uh, Mariano's saying that Tony, uh, they've, uh, that in reply to, to, to the comment Tony was making, was basically they'd already halved pilot salaries here in the US. Um, he's saying, I mean, it's it's uh, you know the pilots themselves can't really do much more, I guess, in in regards to uh, to keeping that that going. Anyway, I think we should probably move on because we're uh, going to run out of time rapidly, yeah. and we have people we want to talk to. I think it's safe to say we're all we're all quite happy as things are. Yes, absolutely. Don't, don't, yes. don't mess with things two, if that not don't three pilots, need, uh, please. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
bring back the, the more redundancy in that cockpit, the better, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. Uh, <laughs> so the next uh, next story is on uh, another awesome website that we all know and love. It's the AviationHerald.com. And um, if you don't know about that site, you should do. It's awesome. So it, uh, it's an ex- accident that, that happened actually earlier on this week. And uh, it's the Aeromexico um, Connect uh, E190 at Durango. And that was on the 31st of July. That one veered off the runway and overran. And uh, there was uh, a few videos and stuff which have been on social media, including YouTube of this, uh, which uh, make interesting watching. But apparently, uh, according to the report, uh, the Aeromexico Connect Embraer ERJ190 performing a flight from uh, Durango, Mexico, with uh, 99 passengers and four crew rejected a takeoff from runway 03 in adverse weather, uh, veered off the runway, uh, overran the end of the runway, and then burst into flames. Uh, the aircraft was destroyed, but there were no fatalities. Uh, two people received serious in, uh, injuries. 83 people received minor injuries. And uh, apparently, uh, j- literally just moments after the accident itself, there are already occupants uh, giving TV interviews uh, within two hours of the actual accident happening. Uh, but uh, like I said, the uh, local governor subsequently reported that there, there obviously were no fatalities of the uh, 101 occupants. And uh, Mexico's DGAC reported an investigation commission had been formed. And um, they also said that the runway inspection um, in uh, driving in the opposite direction of runway 03 from runway end to runway threshold showed both engines off to the left-hand side of runway 03. These have obviously been sheared off uh, during the accident. Uh, ground observers report the aircraft suffered uh, an engine or a failure at about V1 speed and then uh, proceeded to veer off the runway and come to a halt uh, just off the runway, passed off to the left-hand side. Passengers reported the aircraft was accelerating for takeoff but did not succeed to become airborne. Once the aircraft came to a stop, it took about three to four minutes until the aircraft burst into flames, enabling all the occupants to evacuate the aircraft safely. Other passengers report the aircraft was hit by lightning, possibly. So the latest uh, news on that, then, which uh, is on the website as well, just says that... uh, on the 2nd of August, this was yesterday, uh, the hospital treating the captain of the flight reported uh, that uh, he was in a slightly bad way. He's got a slight injury to the spine, uh, but uh, he's uh, he's still able to move his arms and leg, which is always brilliant to uh, see these uh, you know see these flight crew recovering from their injuries so quickly after the accident. Uh, but there are a few injuries uh, to various passengers, which include burns as well. Uh, and uh, around about eight people still remain in hospital, uh, hospital care um, up, to, up to this current time. So obviously the videos you saw playing there on uh, YouTube. One of the other videos that they actually showed on the Aviation Herald was actually of uh, a webcam of the storm sort of coming, al- uh, coming through across uh, the city itself, which makes for interesting reading. But uh, any uh, comments, Nev? I know you... Uh, you follow yes, this one. well, I, I obviously don't know any more than anybody else does, but it certainly looks to me as though there was some sort of microburst uh, directly ahead of them, and uh, that obviously can result in massive amounts of downdraft and loss of airspeed. So uh, I, I think that um, the plane didn't appear to pitch up very much. It was a very flat attitude i don't know if you saw it it, it I, I think it did get airborne slightly but i i think uh, there was just probably a massive loss of airspeed and it's only got to be you know 10 knots or so something like that um if you're not at a uh, a flying speed for the aircraft 
and you lose all, all the lift from from the wing. Mm, so uh, uh, I think it was weather related, but I think there was also some possibly some takeoff performance miscalculation as well. Myla, would you say you, you definitely wouldn't want to take off in this kind of weather? Um, I I missed a bit of it because of technical stuff uh. going on, but uh, uh, yeah, well. I, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Fair point. Fair it's, point. Yeah, it's uh, David. Yeah, I mean, it's well, for the your weather, Yeah, the weather report. They've got the weather reports on the bottom of the Avhold uh, website here, and they said it was uh, what thunderstorms, rain, broken cumulonimbus clouds, and that was seems to be pretty consistent. And also, the wind reports here were changing quite dramatically. The wind was changing um, direction. So I think Nev might have been quite right that it was a microblast ahead, and could have been. Wind oh, who knows what it could have been? But could have been something to do with the wind shear. But I think with the weather forecast they've shown there, it was got to be something to do with that weather, certainly weather related um, for the outcome mm. that they obviously experienced. But who knows really until yeah. they uh, until the reports are carried out are officially carried out. Yes, well, so watch this space. I suppose we'll see what what comes, comes of yeah. it so yeah. we're going to move on to the next story this is on the itv.com this website. is a nice story it Matt. is it makes a change doesn't it we've been we've been who, sent, who some... sent this story in i don't know who sent this story pilot in. pip oh did he <laughs> oh right uh, itv.com is the website the headline uh, i'm a little bit nervous if, if, if it's been sent to us by pilot pip i'm <laughs> anyway uh, new aviation badge for brownies unveiled, unveiled in partnership with easyjet so a new aviation badge for brownies has been unveiled as part of a campaign to encourage more girls to become pilots to earn the award brownies will have to carry out aeronautical experiments using different materials and launch techniques as well as name 40 things that fly uh, tens of thousands of brownies, girls aged between seven to ten, are. Ex Do you know that? Is, sorry, I'm reading this story here, and one thing that really annoys me when it comes to stories is like either use words or numbers <laughs> when you are saying seven to ten. Don't write girls aged seven and then spell it S E V E N, and then go seven to ten and then put the number. Ten uh, are expected to take part in activities in the first year of the new badge. Uh, it has been introduced in partnership with EasyJet, which wants 20% of its new entrant pilots to be female by 2020. Women make up around 3% of commercial airline pilots worldwide. EasyJet captain uh, Marnie Munns, the lead pilot for the airline's uh, Amy Johnson Flying Initiative, said, We have always believed in the importance of female role models to encourage girls to see a pilot career as a real option available to them which is why we are really excited to be unveiling the new aviation badge for brownies as part of our partnership with girl guiding together we will engage with even more young people to inspire and educate them about aviation and becoming a pilot a survey of 556 <coughs> pilots is a very specific number uh, commissioned by easyjet found that the desire to become a pilot typically happens much later for girls than it does for boys the majority of male pilots 55 percent knew that they wanted to be in do the job by the time they by the time they were 10 years old whereas most almost half of female pilots 44% did not consider the role until they were over 16 so uh, david when did you want to be a pilot when i was 4 <laughs> But right. I think we need to say there that brownies for the American listeners or anything, just in case, it might sound really good strange. Yeah, it's yes, like yeah. a no, they're not, know, they're not good with the custard. No, 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 no. Kind of like <laughs> yeah. a, a girl group, a bit like scouts. I don't know what the American equivalent would be, yeah. where you get the different badges for doing different activities. Brian, have you heard of the brownies? 
Yeah, it's the um, the female equivalent of the Boy Scouts or yeah, 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 exactly, in this yeah, particular yeah, case. Yeah, so yes, uh, in England, do you have the the Boy Scouts? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so, okay. Myla, obviously, because we've we've got a female pilot here as well. Hey. Uh, when did you want to be? You know, when did you know that you wanted to be a pilot? Does that sort I of was, fit with the figures? I was nine. Okay. So, yes, later yeah. than four, but... <laughs> yeah, only a few years ago, then. Yeah, stop it. Yeah, it was, <laughs> oh, he's so was, smooth, isn't he? I was nine he? and my dad took me on a flight to Scotland. Oh, wow. And I got to meet the pilots and see the cockpit, and then I thought, oh, maybe one day, who knows? Yeah. yeah. See, this is very cool, yeah. So, yeah, all right. So, so maybe, you know, our, our little very brief straw poll of merely two people uh, has not necessarily followed figures correctly, but nevertheless, it does highlight that the girls tend to be one to pilot. I have to say, older. I think they could have done something a bit better with the badge. The badge is a bit... Um, oh, have we got a picture of the badge? Yeah, oh, is that on what that this story, is, is yeah. It? Okay, all right. I'm on it. Hang on, give me a minute. It's a bit boring, isn't it? Uh, it is yeah, boring, Matt, yeah. One, of, one of the things, though, about... Um, encouraging women or the role model and, and for another shameless self-promotion with the airplane geeks we try really hard to to get women guests on the show because i really think it, yeah you know introducing people that are successful in a career encourages others and inspires others to to do that and as as milo just said you know she she was inspired at an early age because she actually got to to see and meet a pilot and we try really hard to get uh, female representatives in the aviation industry on uh, really for that reason and um, I, I don't know I think I think it's really important and, and having the rate be so low I think is is still pathetic and there's so much more work that needs to be done yeah I, I couldn't but uh, on that yeah. point kudos to uh, EasyJet for coming out with these initiatives uh, EasyJet themselves have the uh, I believe it's the Amy Johnson flying scholarship uh, mm. yeah. for yeah. the for uh, cadets that uh, want to join with EasyJet um, for female cadets that want to join with EasyJet so really uh, well done to EasyJet for all of the work that they're doing to bring uh, women into aviation mm. it's a really positive change for the industry and they're definitely um, definitely an industry leader for uh, for doing that. Mm. I think the idea is start young, then we won't have this pilot shortage. Good point. Because yeah, at good least point. at least when they're kind of six, seven, eight, nine years old, they've got time to save up the mm. hundred and something odd thousand pound, David, <laughs> for uh, you know for <laughs> at doing, least. doing it. Yeah, yeah. at least. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, next story then, uh, Nev uh, is a is a, a very sad story, I think, for BA. It is a bit because I quite like the uh, Boeing seven six seven. I must say, especially on short haul routes. And I've flown it a lot as a passenger, obviously, uh, to uh, Glasgow and Edinburgh and Amsterdam uh, and to Stockholm in the past as well. And uh, BA have announced that it's planning to end operations with its 767-300 aircraft uh, in the last quarter of this year. And the carrier has been operating the 767 for 28 years and currently has five remaining aircraft in its fleet with an additional aircraft being operated in its open skies fleet. Uh, while the aircraft has been primarily used on short-haul European routes to destinations such as Amsterdam, Rhone, Rome, Istanbul and Stockholm, the carrier has also operated the aircraft on domestic services 
within the United Kingdom. The Carrier 767 aircraft were operated in a two-class configuration with BA Signature Club Europe and Euro Traveller cabins seating 244 passengers. Uh, as well as that, BA also operated the similar yet smaller 757-200 aircraft for some time until the aircraft was retired in 2010 and transitioned to British Airways subsidiary Open Skies in a private jet configuration. Over the years, many airlines have slowly started to retire many of their 767s including American, United and Delta. While the 767s have served as somewhat of a workhorse for these airlines, the lack of modern amenities within the aircraft and the introduction of new, newer, more fuel-efficient jets has caused airlines to re-evaluate their operation. In BA's case, the carrier has started to introduce aircraft such as the 777-300ER, the 787-8 and the Airbus A320neo to take over some of the routes that were previously previously operated by the Boeing 767. The fate of the soon to be retired Boeing 767s is unknown, uh, British Airways spokesman told Air Transport World. Uh, now just before I actually comment on the story, could I just say there's some poor journalism again? Um, I know I just I hate myself for even saying it. But can you just bear with me a second? The first paragraph says as follows. British Airways has announced that it is planning to end operations with its Boeing 767-300 aircraft in Q4 2018. So that's great. The last paragraph says, the fate of the soon-to-be-retired Boeing 767 is currently unknown, a British Airways spokesman told <laughs> Air Transport Line. So, which is it? Right, so it's a nonsense story, essentially. Now. Right. Yes. Well, we all know it is going to be uh, phased yeah. out. Yeah, uh, phased absolutely. Out. I did love the aircraft. The, the interior was looking a bit unloved uh, in, in the latter uh, mm. days of its operation, certainly. Um, but, of course, it's a, such a versatile aircraft because they were using it on the short-haul sectors, the high-density routes, uh, but also perfectly capable of going... Uh, all the way to um, San Francisco, probably from uh, from London, if you wanted to. Too. So a uh, very long range uh, aircraft too. Well, we all know my thoughts on the seven six seven, so I think we should move on. Uh, <laughs> or is it the seven five? No, it's the seven five seven. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah that was the seven yeah. five. Yeah. Actually, no, that, kill me. The, the, yeah. the interesting thing about the seven sixty seven, I'm kind of sad to see it go, although mm. it is a fairly old aircraft now. It, um, American Airlines was flying the 767 from Los Angeles to JFK, and they recently swapped it out with the uh, A321, I believe. And passengers were complaining that they perceived the flight to be not as smooth as the 767. And talking with some people about it, they said, absolutely, that's correct. The, um, the wing spar and where the wing actually joins the aircraft is a different type of technology and the Airbus is indeed a much stiffer aircraft than the 767. So uh, passengers notice the uh, comfort of the 767. So again, kind of sad to, to see it make the way of the uh, 747 and just mm -hmm. go off into retirement. Actually, before we move on to the next story, Nev, I was just checking up on the uh, fleet, the current fleet with BA 76s, and they're round about averaging about 25 years old. Uh, yes, and uh, they, they actually have given the airline really good service over yeah. the years. Uh, mm. I think the uh, maintenance has been really good on these aircraft, the, the dispatch reliability and the in-service reliability has been very good, and it's a you know, very popular uh, twin-aisle uh, machine. But um, as I say, because BA really haven't been able to do too much to the interiors recently, I don't think. If you get on one today, it, it does look a little bit... Does feel a bit 1980s Tired. in there, but yes. yeah. uh, nonetheless, <laughs> uh, I'm sure they've paid for them long ago. And even with the well, yes. uh, less 
fuel efficient engines that they're running, um, they're probably you know not expensive to operate. I mm. No, true. Well, uh, hopefully the uh, the seven eight seven can uh, up its dispatch reliability and then uh, uh, prove to be a, uh, hmm. a nice kind of continuation for that. Uh, when it's got some engines on it, certainly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nev, always with the trump card, oh, honestly. <laughs> oh, don't mention that word here. Anyway. Uh, oh, right. Oh, um, sorry, sorry. So, uh, Blaspheme. Brian, 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 Brian. <laughs> uh, uh, the next story uh, is oh, a special one for you. From uh, uh, consumeraffairs.com. And it's good news if you're an American Airlines uh, passenger. Yeah, absolutely. American Airlines to allow one free carry-on bag on flights. Wow. Yeah. Yay. (laughs) Now, the whole thing with the basic economy where they're saying no carry-on bags whatsoever, uh, I guess Delta made the the first move, and now American is following suit, and United nowhere in sight of her policy change on this. But getting to the story, (laughs) enough of the commentary. Starting September 5th, 2018, American Airlines will permit its lowest fare class passengers to bring aboard a free carry-on bag in addition to the currently allowable personal item. Passengers booked in American's basic economy will have to pay a standard fee, $25 domestic, $60 transatlantic. Wonder about the Pacific flights. To check a bag um, and the board in the last group, but but saving anything in today's travel environment is welcome change, especially when airlines threaten to raise fares to offset rising fuel costs. With this move, American joins Delta in allowing a carry-on bag as part of its basic economy fare. Yet, American has a lot of catching up to do to gain parity with Delta. In recent JD Power's customer satisfaction survey, Delta had four stars and se- oddly 767 points to Americans <laughs> three stars and 729 points. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. Did you want me to go on or No, you're uh, right. No. We, yeah, enough so, about that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually Ameri- so, American Airlines is uh, is the main carrier out of um, the air- airport near Dr. Steph, uh, Charlotte. At Charlotte. Uh, yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's got the monopoly on that airport. I remember Steph saying. And uh, it's it's one of the I haven't actually flown with American, but uh, Brian, is, are they good airline to fly with? Yeah, I think all three of the majors are good, although uh, some have more issues than than others. Um, but yeah, they're they're totally fine, and uh, I, I have no reservation on uh, flying on any of the three. Whereas I absolutely refuse to fly on Frontier and Spirit. So there definitely is a, a difference between the ultra-low-cost carriers and the uh, Legacy 3. But yeah, American has a, has a fine product. Uh, mostly why I don't fly them out of uh, LAX, I know Captain Jeff's going to be upset with me over this, is most of the places I need to go, they're flying the Mad Dog. And I find it, uh, especially in the in the back of the plane, to be very noisy and cramped and uh the the two three seating it just I, I I don't particularly like but that's just my my personal bias against that particular aircraft but as an airline Americans just fine so Myla the next story is mm-hmm. uh, especially for you it's uh, it's about an airline we love to talk about on the show uh, ca- <laughs> the, the Q airline but uh, we'll leave that to you pronounce Qatar 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 um 
Uh, well, that would be nice, except I get some sort of error message because apparently today is not my day for technical stuff. Sorry, Alexa just piped up behind us. We <laughs> oh, don't did know you? Why. Oh, right. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, mm -hmm. Hello, Alexa. Play a fart noise. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if anybody else hear me. opened no. the article, but yeah, do you want me to? Uh, do you want me to take me. it, um, Myla? Um, uh, this is yeah, the. Uh, yeah, Kataro, that's okay. That's uh, fine. Is, are going to bring the Airbus A three fifty one thousand to New York's JFK. Now we've we seen like one of those very recently. Yeah, we we have. Yeah. Like yeah. This aircraft very much indeed, and it's going to join the airline's uh, JFK route starting on October the twenty eighth. Uh, the airline's first commercial route to the US operated with this state of the art aircraft. Uh, Qatar Airways is the global launch customer for the world's most advanced passenger aircraft. The latest member of the Airbus wide bo wide bodied aircraft portfolio which currently operates daily non-stop service between Doha and London and the group chief exec of Qatar Airways says we are thrilled to introduce the A350-1000 on flights to and from JFK one of our key US gateways the introduction of this next generation aircraft to the route demonstrates our commitment to providing passengers traveling to and from the US with the most modern and technologically advanced aircraft available, ensuring that their experience is second to none. We look forward to welcoming all passengers traveling to and from the US on board this spectacular aircraft. Well, the A350-1000 offers a total of 327 seats across two cabins uh, with 46 Q-suite business class seats and 281 18-inch extra-wide economy class seats. The aircraft provides enhanced levels of passenger comfort thanks to the lowest twin-engine noise level of any aircraft, advanced air conditioning technology and full LED mood lighting. Like the A350-900, more than 70% of the A350-1000's lightweight airframe is made from advanced materials combining composites, which is 53%, uh, titanium and advanced aluminium alloys. The aircraft's carbon fibre reinforced plastic fuselage results in lower fuel burn as well as easier maintenance. The A350-1000 also features a distinctive all-new six-wheel main landing gear and 4% larger wings. The uh, Qatar Airways uh, A350-1000 features the airline's patented award-winning business class experience Q-Suite, which offers the industry's first ever double bed in business class, as well as privacy panels that stow away, allowing passengers in adjoining seats to create their own private room, a first of its kind in the industry. And Q-Suite is currently available on flights to and from JFK, as well as Washington, Chicago and Houston. The airline also recently took delivery of its fourth Gulfstream G6 650ER executive aircraft, the fastest ultra-long-range business jet in the world, making Qatar Airways the largest owner-operator of Gulfstream G650ERs. And Qatar serves 10 cities across the US, including Atlanta, Boston, Chicago, Dallas-Fort Worth, Houston, Los Angeles, Miami, New York, Philadelphia and Washington and the airline provides double daily flights from New York's JFK airport. Well this is going to be very popular isn't it uh, mm. folks because uh, is. this is a fantastic aircraft and extremely low noise on the outside because we heard it and saw it at Farnborough but I guess the uh, interior experience must be fantastic as well. Have you seen yeah. this one David? No I wish I had. I'd love to fly on one it looks incredible. Apparently they look incredible but you can't hear them coming or anything. So. Yeah, it's very quiet. Very quiet yeah. indeed yeah. 
they, yeah. they, they, yeah, they, it was impressive sort of yeah. impressive stuff. Yeah, we didn't get to go on board the aircraft at Farnborough, but that, uh, mm-hmm. put on quite a good display. I it thought, did, yeah. yeah. Although I thought it was quite short, actually, the display because mm-hmm. yeah. when they were showing off the A380 la- uh, two years ago, I mean that was yeah, uh, quite a, you know, I mean that was that was going around for quite a little while, but yeah. they just did a very short uh, routine and then sort of put it on the ground more or less straight away, didn't they? Yeah. But, um, yeah I'm actually really looking forward to flying it. Singapore is going to start up the Newark to Singapore flight um, come October and. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to snag a seat on that shortly. And we'll do expect a, a full report. Do a Brian. report. Full report, Brian. Video yep. as well. <laughs> no nineteen hours. Yeah. Yep. For the whole nineteen hours, that'd be right. good. Yes, very good. So, David, the next story. It's uh, one for you on the express.co.uk. Yeah, like you said, this is on the express.co.uk and it's regarding EasyJet. Um, a new service will pick up luggage from your house for just thirty pounds. Let me just get rid of the video that started playing. Right. EasyJet have announced a new service for customers to check in their luggage from home for just £30 so you can be suitcase-free at the airport. Ooh, I like the sound of that. The, yeah. lo- <laughs> the low-cost airline has teamed up with the home bag drop service Airporter, giving passengers travelling from London Gatwick the option to check their luggage online. Their bags are then collected from their doorstep by drivers and taken directly to the airport, as long as the address is within a certain catchment area. Ah, uh, here we uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we might be out of luck, Carlos, for some reason, <laughs> yeah, seeing as we live at the sort of back end of absolutely yeah. nowhere. Yeah. Um, Airporter <laughs> will deliver the luggage to EasyJet's bag drop before it is flown to one of the airline's 110 destinations from Gatwick. EasyJet is proud to continue to develop our product offering with innovative companies such as Airporter. The service is available for flights to any of EasyJet's destinations across Europe from London Gatwick, the airline's biggest UK base. According to EasyJet's research, over three quarters of travellers would prefer uh, to be luggage free on the day of their flight. I mean, the only thing I would say with this, with a lot of these low-cost carriers, virtually everyone usually plans to actually not have luggage to check in in the first place. I would assume so, and Uh, I don't know if this is a new um, service. Obviously, it's new that they've linked up with EasyJet as an airline Mm. specifically, but maybe Brian and Nev might know more about it, that I'm sure there is companies out there that do offer this kind of service um, as a standalone, not joined to the airline, or is this something completely new altogether? Yeah, I think it's actually a subcontracted service, I think, the, the airport thing. But uh, clearly from, from the picture we're seeing, you have to have an orange suitcase. Yeah, you have to have an EasyJet suitcase, it seems, in order to be, uh, yeah, yeah, to, be uh, to be qualify, I think, is the key. It's the conditions. Involved. I would also worry that that's just one other person that could damage, lose, or do shred. anything to your suitcase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, shred your back. Yeah. Yeah, or shred it, yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. who knows? It's just more chance of it to get lost but, but or what damaged. Happens, but yeah, in the US, they've been offering that service for a while and it's not carrier specific I'm, ner- I'm nervous because I've noticed Owen's taking his mute button off which means he's got something to say <laughs> I'm a no, bit I was scared say, uh, exactly what Brian said in the US there are, uh, there are ones that aren't affiliated to airlines I do. Yeah, but at at that point, I don't understand the difference between uh, using a service like that or just putting your suitcase in a box and shipping it through UPS or Federal Express or, or anyone to your destination. Uh, I've looked at the price of doing that and the cost is about the same. Okay. And instead of picking it up at the airport at the other end, this way it would go directly to your hotel or the house that you're staying at, uh, whatever your true final destination is. So if you could plan that far ahead, um, I just don't see the value in using the airline for the same service. Yes. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, it's it's not the only airline to have uh, pick up 
available. But um, yeah, the uh, like you're saying, the cost is so prohibitive uh, that it's probably just easier to bring it with you. But then, as I say, we we you know we're also used to when we're flying with our low cost carriers, we're we're so used to using. Um, you know, it's different, I suppose, if you're flying United and you're going for sort of a couple of weeks or whatever. But like, you know, EasyJet offering a service where essentially we've we've got into the habit of packing light for a holiday and are only taking hand luggage in the first place. I I I don't know. I mean, it's if it's a well, free actually, service. I just thought of something uh, that my grandparents had said. Um, my grandparents were lucky enough to get to go on some cruises. Uh, a few years back and uh, one thing my granddad always wanted was to have this ability to do this to get uh, and I know um, I know sometimes that uh, the cruises offer this uh, to, to pick up your luggage uh, two or three weeks in advance and uh, mm -hmm. to have it waiting for you in your cabin um, when you get onto the, the ship uh, so possibly for people uh, like my granddad and uh, my granny who uh, probably don't like the hassle of lugging around some suitcases all the way up to the, the uh, apartment yeah, uh, yeah. or to the ship or whatever. I think that's a, a good service. And uh, with the fact that uh, EasyJet do fly to quite a lot of holiday and sun destinations, uh, I think the market for that possibly could fall within uh, those types of people. And yeah, let's not forget as well, you know, yeah. once this driver's uh, from Porter Airport has picked up your bag from your house, and then on a Friday at five o'clock has hit the N25. You know your holiday's <laughs> only a week long. You know your, your suitcases. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might not see your suitcase for about three or four weeks. Yeah. No, that, that 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 is always the risk, of course. <laughs> so are. that is where we bring the commercial news segment to a close. But uh, we have we have got something very very special lined up for you next. So Nev, what have we got lined up next for our viewers and listeners? Well, of course, you all know that we were at Farnborough a couple of weeks ago and the intrepid PTUK video crew was out there. <laughs> Is that uh, what we called? Oh, OK. <laughs> well, I'm just obviously reading it, what it says here. Uh, but, um, actually, in fact, th this uh, segment nearly didn't happen because I was yeah. way over the other side of yep. the airfield. I want to get this uh, text from Matt saying, get over to the Dassault stand immediately with your gear because we're going to go on an aircraft and yep. we're going to do an interview mm -hmm. and of course it was so hot there there's yeah. me and Captain Al <laughs> dragging ourselves across yes, the airfield yes, you were. Yes. Um, and we eventually found them and um, yeah this, we ha had extremely good access uh, to this aircraft and the aircraft in question is the Dassault Falcon 8X. And of course, who better to take us round the aircraft than Pilot Pip? Plane safety from the flight deck with Pilot Pip. Hey there everyone, it's Pip here and uh, we're on board a rather beautiful aircraft. Uh, more in my area of the business, we're sitting on a bizjet, but not just any bizjet. This is a, Carlos, pay attention, this is a Dassault, not Dassault, or any other pronunciation, a Dassault Falcon 8X, which is one of the, the French manufacturer's latest models. And uh, I shall, you'll have a look as Nev pans around in a second, you'll see the interior of this aircraft. It's absolutely immaculate um, and comfortable and luxurious. 
This is a, a tri-jet, it has three engines, we'll put some pictures up on the back. So this is uh, a long-range aircraft, it can fly from Paris to Los Angeles, um, from Paris to Tokyo for instance. Ultra long range, very comfortable, can take probably, let's have a look, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or several in the back, probably at least 18, maybe 19 passengers in style on long range trips. We'll have a look around the cabin in a minute. Down the back there, I'm sure there's going to be a, a main um, lounge, a cabin uh, with a double bed so people can get some sleep on these long trips. You can have, as you can see here, nice civilized business meetings. Uh, we have these tables, we have plenty of storage space over here. There'll be uh, certainly very good Wi-Fi connections. Uh, at the front there, we'll have a look in a minute. There's a very comprehensive galley area as well for cooking and preparing hot meals. Um, as part of the standard service for anyone operating these aircraft, there'll be a, a flight attendant or two who will be uh, well trained in presenting first class food uh, for the passengers. So this is an extremely comfortable uh, way to fly. So let's have a look around. So we at Safe Jets, we operate the Dassault project. We have done for a number of years. We have a very good relationship with Dassault. We have a number of Falcon 2000 EXs, or the EZ, uh, as it's commonly called. Um, very popular with the pilots. I've never met a pilot who doesn't like flying the Falcon. Uh, Dassault obviously have a real thoroughbred with their uh, production line. They produce many fighter aircraft. Um, so the, the Falcon handling is very crisp and very smooth and very fighter-like. Now, as I say, this is the ATEX. This is one of their later models. We've, as well as the 2000s, we've also had the 7X, although we don't currently have any. But I know it's extremely popular with the pilots and the passengers alike. It's a really very good product. And I hope, uh, I know there's still talks in progress, but I hope that we're going to get perhaps the ATEX or even the 9X in the not-too-distant future. I look forward to it. Okay, so we've moved forward to the front of the aircraft. We're in the galley area now. You can see here this is, uh, again, very high quality. We've got a nice sink here. Somewhere in amongst all these cupboards and things, there'll be a, a, a microwave, a, an oven for preparing hot meals. Lots of storage space as well for all sorts of... Um, storing the catering. Let's have a little look. Little look at these lovely Dassault-branded china cups. Beautiful. There'll be a fridge here as well. Uh, I'm sure somewhere in here, don't tell Al, but there'll be uh, whiskies and Baileys and all sorts of lovely drinks to keep people occupied for a long flight. So we've moved down to the back of the cabin. If you can see through here, there's the baggage area down there. I'm not sure if you can see that they've got an air conditioning thing plugged into it at the moment. There's plenty of room down there for lots of bags. Uh, also around here is a very nice bathroom. We'll have a look at that in a second. Um, all gold plated. Uh, very Trump-esque, I would say. Uh, here we've got these very nice uh, duvans, these couches, which I'm sure can be um, folded down and a mattress can be placed on top and this converts into a very nice double bed. Um, look at, have a look at this for, for quality. See these nice gold-plated um, seatbelt things? Very nice indeed. We have the EFBs as well. Uh, for the chart themselves, it's more a backup. But we have uh, all sorts of software for weight and balance, electronic performance manual, uh, all sorts of uh, yes. software to prepare yeah. the mission. Yeah. We have a similar. I work at Jets. We have a similar philosophy. We use the the EFB as the primary approved source, but we generally use the charts on the on the screens as the main 
source yes. of briefing? For me, it makes sense to turn in, look exactly the same so, yeah. direction exactly when so. you brief because yeah. uh, sometimes the other guy doesn't understand and you see it uh, on his face. So it's important to, to operate like this for me. Yes. Mm. It's a very lovely flight deck. Plenty of room, Carlos? It's well. It's a little bit bigger, obviously. Uh, some room to stretch out. We've got an overhead panel here, which we um, we only have a very small panel on the Phenom, just so you for don't the have lights. Really, no, not a big panel. We just have a little panel here at the front, just mainly for lights. Uh, there's an extra screen here on the Phenom. We have three screens rather than four. They're slightly bigger than this one, uh, and we have the ability to split. I'm sure you can do that here as well, but you can present any screen on any any way you like. Obviously, there's an extra thrust lever here <laughs> on the Phenom. We only have two. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, this is a trijet. So three engines at the back, which is great for ETOPS operations, extended range across remote areas. Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. The Voices in Your Head.com. The Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation-related stories from news wires across the globe. Producing our content does cost money, though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal. Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pays us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on Twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Fly B5823 Trent Dane for 23 hour Manchester Wizz Air 6X Climb Flight Level 210 Direct to Brooklyn's Park United, one, two, three, maintain two, eight, zero knots. London to TME, turn right onto Bravo, link to one, join Alpha, hold at Mora. Speedbird 472, LOC slash TME, approach runway 27 left. Follow the green stand 544. That's enough air traffic control for today, Nat. Bedtime. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to fly a commercial passenger jet? Looked up at the sky and thought, I wish that was me? Well, now anyone has the chance to have a go at flying in a real aircraft simulator. NP Simulations and Flight Experience London, the only official Boeing-licensed product of its kind in the UK, offer you the chance to fly anywhere in the world in their fixed-base Boeing 737-800 Flight Simulator. And that's not all. Ground School London offers many different courses for the up-and-coming pilot looking for a start in aviation. With prices starting at just £109, the sky's the limit. So, for the ultimate flight simulator experience, or engaging preparatory courses, including those for schools and colleges, check 
check out the websites at www.london.flightexperience.co.uk and www.groundschoollondon.com or call on 020 300 40 616. NP Simulations. Fly your dreams. Nev, Nev, Nev. Can I just say, sterling piece of work. Round of applause oh, for Nev. Round of applause for Nev. Very good, yes. The legend. Absolutely. Glad you liked it. Yeah, that was great. And it, it was such a privilege, wasn't it, to get on board the aircraft. We had to do a little bit of persuading because they weren't uh, immediately they weren't keen. No, they, not on but, video, uh, were they? They were sort of... Uh, no, yeah. but uh, that was great. And uh, so the hospitality they, they showed us there was, was mm. fantastic. And, and what an aircraft. It yeah, is a beautiful I mean, aircraft, isn't it? I mean, what a, what a way to fly around, isn't it? I'll tell you, what, I, I bet Pitt yeah. wishes he flew an aircraft like that for beep jets. Mm. <laughs> yeah, beep jets, yes, indeed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I was hoping everybody was going to get away with that, oh, but uh, apparently yeah. not. Uh, yes. It's no, it was, great. it was a great experience to get on board that uh, that aircraft, and uh, you had to drag me off in the end. Yes, we oh, did. Yes, yes. 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 We sort of lost, while, him, to, uh, we lost him to the, we lost him to the galley. He was obsessed he wasn't by the galley. He wasn't asleep somewhere, was he? No, he wasn't asleep. No, <laughs> no, 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 well, no, 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 he was fully awake. You yes. have to admit, uh, uh, Owen's eyes did light up when yeah, he, yeah. when we were shown the crew rest area. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that was good. I, uh, they, they have an amazing crew rest area there. Um, it's a uh, full, uh, full top bed for, uh, for the crew. You can uh, modify it into a nice armchair or uh, into storage or into anything you really want. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic, but but it wasn't uh, made out of cloth or plastic, was it? No. Uh, oh, and it was. Oh um, no, 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 leather. Only yeah. the best. Yeah, only uh, of the course, best. absolutely. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and the galley was a, a fantastic uh, place to work. Everything was uh, very ergonomic, uh, very easy to reach. Uh, all the different uh, cupboards and ovens and microwaves and fridges and what have you. Um, a fantastically designed uh, galley and, uh, and cabin. So uh, I I enjoy them. Uh, I'd love to get the chance to uh, to work on one. Maybe Actually, someday. Maybe someday. Richard King has asked. If, in the if, chat if you guys had the hat, you would have had an easier time. Uh, right. right. Okay. What's we'll the other side? Uh, side. Other side. Other, other side. way. Other, Oops, other side. Oops, yeah. yeah. There we go. Oh, yeah. oh look, at, oh, look at that. <laughs> Very good. Very award winning. Yeah. Compliments of Rob Mark and yes. several of his friends that work at. Indeed. So. Rich, Richard King just asked us all in the chat room: Did we manage to steal anything? Richard, I've noticed in Carlos's <laughs> kitchen uh, a falcon. Salt and pepper shaker here. So <laughs> yeah. I'll probably the answer is probably yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right. Oh, uh, okay. no. oh. Uh, yes, and of course, it's, well, as, as seeing, seeing as Owen has sort of brought up the fact that he fell asleep uh, or it's somewhere, through, I, I can't help but uh, do this. Oh, really sorry. <laughs> Have you seen this, David? <laughs> this is, Keep watching. This is, this is quite funny. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to embarrass Owen just because he's here. Because it's just, hey. it, yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so I've heard the audio version of this, but it's even better to watch it in yeah, real life. Absolutely. If you haven't seen this, everyone, you need yeah, you to... You need to get on YouTube here. It's, uh, it's uh, Captain Allen is uh, very fun. Poor Owen was having what we like to refer to as a power nap, everyone. Uh, it's been a very stressful day, uh, staring at aeroplanes. Um, and the best bit about that is when he woke up, it was so hot, it was, he was completely dry by the time he woke up. Had no idea it happened. Absolutely brilliant. 
That is just oh. terrible. That yeah, is, I know. Oh, it's Captain Alish. Yeah, it's oh. very Captain Al, isn't it? And and you know, this, what's <laughs> no, lovely about the, this? The skill with which Al did that—that that suggests to me practice. he's done. That. Yeah, he's yeah, done yeah. that before, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. I'm also looking forward to the next time them two are together because Owen, you need to get revenge. There. This Something's is a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is going to get out of hand quickly. I can yeah. tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Owen. If Al's as good at this as he obviously is, does this mean there are there are a lot of FOs flying around wet crotches? With wet crotches. Absolutely, yeah, he's had a lot of experience. I should think so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Owen's going to get his thinking cap on now, into in, with it, with a view to uh, actually, uh, you know, getting his own back. This this should be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, sorry, anyway, Owen, so, I couldn't resist. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's all a bit of crack. Not yeah, really <laughs> uh, that's the most Irish thing you've said oh. all oh. evening, mate. <laughs> so anyway, as uh, yeah. as you as you I've, all I've recently become painfully aware of uh, oh. just how. Irish that sentence is and how it doesn't really translate to other places. No, no, <laughs> indeed. No, indeed. That's right, Matt let it out. Yeah, before. it's fine. Nobody yeah. will know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on. Anyway. <laughs> So as you uh, as you know, we have got uh, two very special guests joining us uh, on the show this evening, and uh, they've had uh, rather a busy and hectic last kind of six mm. few six months or whatever. Um, so they come and talk to us about uh, what they've yeah. been up to. Can I suggest you start with David because we seem to have lost Myla for a brief moment. Have we lost so, Myla? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so let's start with David. Start Hopefully, with <laughs> be back so by the David, time. David, <laughs> David, David. No so, pressure, right? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So David, we had you uh, on the show cool, quite a while back. Now we had you on the show, don't we? Um, to chat well, like, on, he's the, he was the, like one of only two people to turn up to our hundreds. Oh, yeah, that was my yeah. first appearance. Yeah. Yeah. First appearance. But you've been <laughs> you've been here to uh, to the PTUK. Yeah, this is my third visit before. actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, what's what's been going on with you? Uh, so yeah. I think last time I was here, my plan was to head down to Southampton as a integrated student and go from zero to hero. And about this time, I'd be a pilot. <laughs> right, but things okay. don't always go to plan in the <laughs> aviation industry, as we soon learn. Um, obviously, there's huge costs involved in it, as everyone knows and keeps bringing up, which is why we have this pilot shortage. So various uh, discrepancies with banks and agreements and everything has led to me take a slightly different route, which is no bad thing at all. Um, so I got my ground school on that way, did my 14 exams, ready for my uh, to become a commercial pilot. Um, and since then, I've been very busy. I went to um, Spain and gained my PPL. Oh, and then I, and then I, I, the, I purely <laughs> only went there me. for better weather. Um, it meant I could go there for a month and almost guarantee that I'd get things done, which luckily enough I did. Um, and then I've come back to the UK where the weather's been equally as good. Um, done some flying around Suffolk and Norfolk. You might have heard me overhead. Um, and then I also returned to Spain to do some hour building. Um, because if you don't know, you need to do um, a certain hours requirement before you start your commercial mm. license. So I needed 175 hours before I could start my commercial pilot's license course, which um, I finished off within the last couple of months. Um, so literally within the last three weeks, I have started working towards and taking lessons on my commercial pilot's license, which mm. I'm currently doing in a Piper Warrior, and then we'll be doing in a Piper Arrow. Um, and then at the end of this month, the early next month i should be doing my commercial pilot's license skills test so hopefully by the end of this year everything will be wrapped up after that i'll need to do a multi-engine rating so i can fly something with uh two engines obviously and an instrument rating so i can fly in clouds and then my aim is um as i said at the end of this year hopefully have all that knocked on the head um and be job hunting 
So hopefully the pilot shortage, I've called it at the right time. Yeah, could could work to your advantage, (laughs) Yeah, we keep hoping, we keep praying that it is good timing. So, David, you said you were... There's a cross for you, David. Thank you, thank you. Ah, mine's back. Phew! So you you said you'd done some flying in Spain. How does the price, the cost difference between flying here in the UK and training in Spain? That was a big um, deciding factor on going to Spain. Um, The main thing for me is it is slightly cheaper, hourly, slightly cheaper... Uh, but one of the main things is I could take a month off work and get it all done rather than I would have thought if I took a month off work here, you could be waiting for English weather and who knows what. So it is it is slightly, I know it's good now. We've had a brilliant <laughs> summer this year, but it's a bit more reliable. That's also why I went to do my um, hour building over there. I find um, it probably was about two thirds of the cost for the amount of hours that I was doing. Um, so it was a slightly better deal it was a slightly better deal and the weather was more reliable over the course of a whole month so is that like an hourly rate for hiring the aircraft yeah or? an hour so an hourly rate we don't want to talk about the figure so over here um i think from the local airfield here we're talking about 140 pounds ish yeah, an yeah. hour something around that yeah. little figure for a cessna 150 and i got it for around 110 euros an hour so it's a, it doesn't sound a huge amount but when you're paying for like 50 yeah. 75 hours yeah it adds up and what's the flying so, like in so Spain? I, oh. I'm sorry. Oh, 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 oh. I, I was just wondering, what about the difference between uh, learning to fly in Spain versus, I, I know for many Europeans, uh, flying in Florida is so incredibly popular. So why not just pop down to Florida and do the training there? That was one my other option, to be honest. Um, the main benefit of me going to Spain was that I went to a uh, UK licensed UK CAA licensed um, training organization. So I was issued with a UK PPL which meant I had to do no conversions or anything like that. I got a UK PPL. I was taught the UK way, so hopefully everything I learned there I can um, I can bring across here to the UK and not too many differences. Uh, okay. chat, room, chat room question. Uh, Pliny82 uh, says, what, do, uh, what did you do to build hours? Um, so I did a little bit of flying around here. Um, because of the cost, I thought it would be better to take off some time off work um, and go to Spain and rent a Cessna 150 for a whole month and try and bash out 100 hours was my aim it took a little bit longer than a month but it was pretty much flying every day um flying from uh Jerez airport in the south well you couldn't get more much south of spain the weather was lovely um and for about the first 25 hours it was amazing fun going to new airports and new places and after that you kind of think right i'll go to that place again and i'll go to that place again but eventually the hours do build up um try and make it a bit different every time and eventually we got there Richard King is asking in the chat room as well. He says, uh, did you have to do the ATPL ground exams and are they still frozen for five years? Yes. Yeah, so I did my, I've done a weird, really weird way of doing things around. It's a bit unusual, but my ATPL ground exams I uh, did in Southampton. They took me about six or seven months to complete and they are actually valid for 36 months. So three years, which has now allows me three years to gain my um, CPL and instrument rating. So basically they're valid for three years. Ah, that's not... Uh, yeah, you've got to cram it all in yeah. swiftly, yeah. Yeah, it soon goes, and then you think that you, the British weather comes along and it could slow you down a bit, so... What's the... Uh, the, the well, obviously, because Spain is probably a little bit more warmer than the UK. <laughs> yeah, certainly at the moment And as, well. uh, as you know, you know the, the heat does affect the performance in light aircraft... Yep. Was it kind of a bit more change, uh, challenging flying light aircraft in Spain? Yeah, it was a bit mountainous um, where I was, so you had to be very aware of the mountains. Um, but I think the main difference was when I had, I did so many hours 
um, on my own and a Cessna 150 or a 152 with one person on board is, is it's fine it, it seems to take off okay and there's no real performance issues but then as soon as I took a passenger with me um, um, Sophie came and visited me um, and I forgot that it makes a big difference with uh, two people on board <laughs> yeah. and I was like go bang take off take off take off yeah. and we eventually got there yeah. but you're right the hot air does make a yeah. massive difference well, especially in the middle of the day and also let's not forget I mean Sophie is quite slight yes, I mean there's not is. very much to there's her not at all. There's so not it's, at all. It's, and, and even with a you know a, a, even a small amount uh, of weight difference if you like makes a huge difference yeah, to the a, way the aeroplane in a Cessna 150 you've yeah. only got a few hundred pounds mm-hmm. as like extra like um, uh, under its max load so it, it does make a big difference Richard Adams has asked in the chat room here actually saying is it a simpler airspace for training there rather than here in the south of England is yeah, that one of the main uh, reasons I think for... anywhere is simpler than the southeast of England for airspace <laughs> <laughs> if you yeah. look at a chart yeah, round yeah, yeah. but certainly as you get towards like there's a um, towards mm-hmm. South, um, Stansted Luton South End which is where I'm learning at the moment yeah. it's incredibly incredibly um, congested airspace it's good practice mm-hmm. it's good to fly in airspaces like that but Spain is a lot more yeah. uh, I think forgiving is the right word you can just kind of wander yeah. around and get off course a bit more and it's uh, it's not so tight I think one of the questions that a lot of people ask when you learn to fly in different countries as in countries that speak a different language yep. um, obviously in Spain how was it you know obviously contacting ATC and stuff and, and ground oh, I think we're very lucky and a lot of my, the students that have been learning alongside me have reminded me of how lucky we are that ATC and all pilots in the world have to pass an English proficiency test before yeah. they can um, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is incredibly incredibly fortunate for us yeah. uh, native English speakers but I did while I was out there go to a few smaller airfields and I thought it'll be fine everyone has to speak English mm. of course it'll be fine and then I turn up there speak on the radio blah 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 and there's about seven people all in the circuit speaking Spanish <laughs> so then I was like again uh, does anyone speak English in the circuit anyone speaking yeah. English and yeah. then at that point I had no idea what runway they were using what circuit they oh, were using crikey, yeah. I thought it's probably a good idea if I don't land here and I go somewhere <laughs> else but interesting a lot of the Spanish ATC will talk to Vueling and um, any other Spanish carriers in Spanish even right. at a commercial level, they'll speak to them in Spanish. So it sometimes get a bit, gets a bit confusing. Excuse me for the for your your picture that you're building up. You think, okay, so there's a commercial airliner somewhere or other um, mm-hmm. that is just spoken to in Spanish, but I don't really know where he is. Yeah. So Nev, uh, any any questions for oh, you? On, sorry, I, 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 oh, Owen, I think had one. Owen, oh, no, I I just had a, a question. Uh, did you, how far in Spain did you get to go from Jerez? Uh, um, did you get to travel? Yeah, to, well, to sort of central Spain. My or? plan was um, to. I had planned a few flights actually to um, up to Barcelona and Sabadell, which is where I did my PPL, and I really wanted to plan a trip out there. But uh, I found there was often things in the way. It was either mountainous terrain, um, certainly on the Cessna 150, and not having the capabilities and the, the performance possibly to get me through. Mm-hmm. Also, the endurance, and also the weather. I'd be very careful about weather systems and the uh, mountainous terrains, which put mm-hmm. me off going too far away. We went along the south coast, maybe like um, probably five hours away is my furthest flight. Um, not in one go, obviously, but I did venture out a little way. Sorry, Nev, I so rudely cut you no, off there. Do no. carry on, sir. Carry on, Nev. <laughs> I was going to ask you, um, David, how many hours do you need uh, before you could take your instrument rating? Uh, so the instrument rating um, hours is actually less than the commercial licence hours requirements. And I shamefully can't remember the uh, hours requirement for the instrument rating. I think Marla might know if she's, if she's there. Mm. But for the, the CPL is 175 hours, but maybe Marla would know about the instrument rating. Um, to be quite honest, I don't really know because I did my multi-engine at the same time with uh, my IR. So for me, the multi-engine hours were limiting. 
and then they just added the IR to it. I think that's the case a lot of the time. Moving on to a multi-engine, it's often cases of insurance policies and everything. They obviously won't let yeah, you go under a certain We only did hours. 20 hours of multi-engine sim and then 20 hours of actual flying. So that w was 40 hours total mm. so after the CDPL. David, the uh, aircraft uh, you've been flying and you've, you've flown a bit of a mixture then of uh, Cessna yeah. and uh, the Piper yes. products. Any, any other? I've flown, uh, yeah, I've flown quite a few actually. I think more than a, a few PPL holders. What have I got? So I started off with a PA28 and then I went to a, what did I flown to? a Robin, which is a French low wing two seater aircraft. Um, and then I went to a, a Cicata Rally, which is a really interesting little aircraft, two seats as well. Um, and it's got weird like slats which pop out on the leading edge of the wing, like a, you'd imagine on a 747 or anything, but these are just aerodynamically operated and they pop out. Bit of time in one of them. Um, and then to a Cessna 172, a Cessna 150, a Cessna 152, and now on a Piper Arrow. Uh, sorry, next week on a Piper Arrow. And I think that's everything. Yeah, that's everything. So not, far, not the Cirrus so yet, then. I would love to fly a Cirrus. <laughs> I keep seeing them, especially in this weather with the air conditioning. Oh, I know. Oh, well, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. One yeah. day, that would be incredible. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, what's uh, what's the plan next? Obviously, you're here back in the UK at the moment. Are you uh, heading out, out again to Spain? No, I plan to finish the rest of my training um, in Essex, fly CPL first, and then uh, the multi-engine instrument rating. Once I've got those two down, I'll be looking for a the thing of the MCC course is a multi-crew cooperation course get that uh, completed and then job hunt but I'm going to try and stay in the UK for, for the rest of my training and obviously the, the instrument rating isn't too reliant on good weather that can be done in, in poorer weather so it's not um, as a PPL trying to hour build you really need good weather but for as a student doing the instrument rating and everything um, it shouldn't be too bad So uh, Mike has actually asked in the chat room here David how do you feel about the, uh, the old uh, high wing low wing and do you have any preferences and why? Yes I do a lot of people say no they're both the same no I definitely do I prefer a low wing definitely prefer a low really? wing Yeah, yeah I really do oh. um, I find it a real pain in the circuit uh, when you're turning base or crosswind, oh, yeah, when you're yeah, doing yeah. like the turns yeah. in the circuit, yeah. and you've got yes. the airfield perfectly in and sight, and more importantly, Milers agreeing yeah, with you. This is what we like. Really to do. importantly, yeah. you've got traffic in sight ahead of you on final. You know where they are. Everything's perfect. Mm -hmm. You go around the turn around the corner, and the bloody wing of a Cessna just blocks everything and you lose where everything is <laughs> and then you have to report to ATC uh, traffic yeah. not in sight uh, please yeah uh, low wing every time low wing every time there we are well we really do wish you all the very best along with your train. obviously you will keep us posted yeah I'll be back I'm sure yeah, what, what's, <laughs> the, what's yeah. the airline of choice when you really do? I don't have an don't airline know. of choice, no. no. Any, if I Anyone who'll employ me. Yeah, yeah. If, I get, yeah. if I get paid to fly a plane, I'll be a very happy man. Yeah, well, there, there, there we go, there we go. Well, yeah, all the can best. I, thank you. Can I sneak in a quick question? Yeah, do you? yeah Dave. Uh, Brian. <laughs> yeah, one Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Alan. Huh? Yeah. Who? What? <laughs> Carry on. Yes, do, do, do chip in, sir. Carry, Carry on. on. Okay, um, <laughs> with the IFR training, uh, I'm not a pilot, never pretended to play one on TV. However, I am a scuba instructor, and one of the things with scuba instructing, after you get your basics down, learning to dive in really adverse conditions I think makes you a much better pilot so doing your IFR training flying in inclement weather do you think that, that could actually aid your training and make you a better um, IFR pilot? I certainly think so I actually coincidentally did my first IF training under the hood um, today and obviously got limited experience from, from what I from here from people and everything it certainly makes you a better pilot my instructors already noticed that 
you learn to trust the instruments a bit more rather than just look at the picture outside and if you can learn to um, trust the instruments and trust what they're telling you um, I certainly think that makes you a better pilot all round certainly uh, good thank you well all the best David thank you very much obviously uh, you. you'll be uh, you'll be well you'll do well thank you very I much I know you will <laughs> so Myla hopefully uh, hopefully you're with us still Yes, I am, and Very hopefully good. the connection holds up. Yes, so. fingers crossed. So, Myla, you, really you've had hope it will. you've had an incredibly busy uh, last six months, haven't you? You've uh, you've moved on, moved to a to a fresh uh, new job, haven't you? Flying an, an amazing aircraft, actually, haven't you? I have. Yes, I moved to Acme Viking. Let's call it that. Yeah. Um, because they're up north, and uh, it's been an amazing experience so far. It's just wow. <laughs> um, I moved on to the ATP, which is a turboprop aircraft. Uh, it's a little bit smaller than the 73, but a little bit bigger than, um, yeah, some other multi-engine aircraft. And it's been it's been amazing. So yeah. Nice. No, it's. it's it's been quite a journey that obviously you, you've you've had yeah. to, to get to this point, Myla, and it must I mean it must feel amazing to finally be sort of in the air and you know, I know you've still got some work to do and, and that, but it must be so nice to literally be living the dream, as I always say in you know, when when I'm talking. But Myla, you're flying you're flying uh, cargo, aren't you? I am. Yes. And last week we transported a live animal. Ooh. It was uh, either some fish or some oh, wow. something uh, <laughs> like that, and I think I like to think it was a turtle. So yeah, we, <laughs> just for the idea, you know, I'm transporting something nice. <laughs> so, Marla, I'm guessing that uh, it's much more enjoyable transporting, uh, well, you know, cargo rather than having to worry about passengers in the back, yeah, carrying their bags off. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is it. But no, how how's the flying going anyway, Marley? You've obviously just you're sort of fresh on the job. You've only just kind of started in that. You're building your hours up as as you go now. So obviously you you're um, doing. Are you making any trips to the UK at all, or is it mostly in and around uh, the Netherlands? Kind of. Sorry, I kind of missed that question because my connection dropped. Oh. I say you're uh, you're obviously doing uh, you know, building up your hours and stuff now in in the new job. Are you uh, flying mainly within uh, in the in, in you know in the Netherlands, or are you coming across to the UK? Um, well, I fly both in the UK and in Sweden, Norway, Denmark, so the north side of Europe, basically. And last week, or actually, I just got back from Aberdeen this morning. Oh wow! So, oh, <laughs> gosh! Yeah. <laughs> So obviously you're sitting, you're sitting right seat uh, as first officer. I mean, uh, are, you, are you getting the opportunity to um, to do most of the work, or uh, is it kind of sharing the uh, the tasks? Uh, well, I'm still in line training, so I'm still learning the ropes and all the things about the aircraft. Or well, you do the technical course, the ground course, then you go into the simulator, and then you go further training on the aircraft itself, and uh, they're allowing me to fly more than monitor, uh, mm, but that's nice. just for now, and then eventually it'll even out. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, on the ground. I do the taxi clearances, the radio work, the setups, the loading of the aircraft, because we don't always have a load master, and then I have to do that as well. 
and then either pilot flies and the other monitors and then when we land yeah actually tony s uh, tony s is asking a good question Myla, because obviously um you know we, we all kind of think that most of the cargo flying happens you know when we're all tucked up in bed asleep but so how do you handle uh, if you do work late nights how do you handle those late nights and early mornings uh, well, the company um, um, kind of way of dealing with it, like the way everybody deals with it, uh, is sleep as much as possible whenever you can. Um, so there's no shame in telling your colleagues, hey, yeah, I'm going to go to bed right now, even if it's like in the afternoon or early in the morning or in the evening. Um, so that's really um, promoted to take, to take good care of yourself, to sleep well, to eat well, to exercise. And they're all really awesome about it. So that's one way. Just whenever you're tired, try and get a nap or sleep. And uh, um, yeah, they're they're also really open about it, and they talk about it a lot. Like, uh, how do you deal with with not being able to sleep, or how do you deal with sleeping like four hours in a row, then working, then sleeping a little again? So there's a lot of communication about it, and everybody's really trying you know to find out what works for them and helping each other and trying to find out what works actually Jacob Jacob Darlington Brown has said uh, um, he loved flying freight no one complained when making a hard landing <laughs> yeah that's true yeah uh, never have you got anything uh, you'd like to chip in with sir no I was just going to ask you Myla I, uh, this is obviously you know quite a new job for you are you enjoying it I'm loving it every day and they're even talking about changing the roster to fly one week on, one week off. And I asked them, well, do we really have to? Because I'd like to fly more. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm really loving it. It's it's awesome. Um, uh, I've got some, the next few rosters I've got lined up are pretty packed. So I'm really enthusiastic about it. It's been a little calm. I go into the simulator next week, and after that, I'm in England for a while. So yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's great. Well, it's uh, it's fantastic experience, and you've worked so hard to to get yeah. where you are. So uh, many congratulations. Round of applause, Actually, yeah, indeed. Of applause. Actually, um, Thank you. <laughs> while you're in the chair, never yeah. see. There's a there's a question from Micah there for her as well. How uh, are you feeling about the yes. ATP? As you loved it, as you loved the seven three seven so much. I do, I do love the 737 a lot, but this is my first aircraft and it's completely different than a 737, it handles different, uh, it feels different, and the way you fly it is also a little bit different, uh, but I'm loving it just as much, because it's, yeah, it's an amazing aircraft and it's also my first aircraft, so, you yeah. know. You, you're oh. always going to be in love with your first <laughs> aircraft, aren't you? Absolutely. David, you've got a question for Myla. Yeah, how, how have you found the type rating uh, so far? Has it, uh, comparing to the rest of the training you've already done, um, how has it been? The type rating training is definitely the hardest part. Oh, thanks. Uh, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> Yay! For me, it was at least, um, because uh, it's, it's 
Oh, yes. no. <laughs> it was going so well, wasn't it, Lucy? It's, oh, uh, poor Myla. Fall, fall off. Yeah, uh, when that happens. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, she'll she'll no doubt be uh, back very shortly. But uh, anyway, we're, we're kind of running out of time, guys, I'm afraid. So we are going to have to well, sort of... We've run out of bring, light, that's We've sure. run out yeah, of light as well. <laughs> that's don't a go to my camera because it's like a shining yeah. six head. <laughs> yeah, no, look at that. Isn't that lovely? It's, uh, it's marvellous. Uh, yes, so uh, we're, we're sort of running out of time here. So oh. Uh, oh, she's back. Quick. <laughs> quick. Yeah. <laughs> quick, yeah, quick, yeah. quick, carry on, Myla, and Matt, Matt will edit it into seamlessly. I ain't touching it. it, it's fine. It's all, it's all part of the fun. It's, it's all part of the so, live show. Can you remember? So, to come back to your question, uh, the, it's, it's tough because you have to do all the exercises that the authorities need you to do. Mm. Um, but, of course, simulator time is really expensive. So, you're in a session, you're constantly doing exercise after exercise, and there's no time to think about it, really. Because you need to move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, and that's what makes it, what made it for me pretty pretty tough. And now that I'm on the line, of course, you have a little bit more time to think about what you're doing because everything is in sequence more than it is in the simulator. Great, can't wait. So. <laughs> would you would you would you like to have a go? At you know the cargo kind yeah, of thing. Why not? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely would. Yeah, yeah. Actually, cool. Milo, I've got another quick question. While you're there. And I hope this doesn't get you in trouble. Are you allowed <laughs> to take people in the jump seat? We are actually. I we thought, are. Yeah, yeah, one of the perks of being a cargo pilot. I thought, yeah. Oh. We need to yeah. Then, then how does one sign up? And you need to fill in a form. And you need to get approval, and then there's uh, rostering yeah. and all those things involved. So it's so basically no. Time. Yes, that's, that's <laughs> very complicated. Yeah, absolutely. But no, no, no. But it's 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 allowed in. Yeah. So if I shop mm. next week, that won't be an issue. Yeah, as long as you're in a box, Brian. You have to be <laughs> in a box. That will be an yeah. issue because I'm in the simulator next week, so that's oh. next week. Uh, Ma- mail yourself to to, uh, to Myla, and then she can fly you over here to the UK. <laughs> yeah, let's put some air holes on the side. Yeah, Just make sure you keep the heat up in the, the cargo hold. What's the worst that can hold. happen there? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, so, I can't um, see a problem with that, yeah. Oh, no. Uh, brilliant. Well, thanks very much for your uh, for your info and chat, Mile. It's been lovely to speak to you. Lovely to have you on the show. But it's always nice to catch up and see how you are getting on. So it's great to see that everyone here is uh, is uh, you know getting on well with their flying mm. and aviation careers. The family are doing well. I know. The family yes, are doing well. The kids are doing well, man. Yes, absolutely. We're feeling very proud, <laughs> aren't we, as parents? Proud, proud parents, yeah. we are. <laughs> so we're going to start to wrap up the show then, and uh, we're going to make a quick uh, plug again for our barbecue, which is coming up in a few weeks' time on the Indeed. 18th of August. Uh, if you're thinking of joining us here over at Seething Airfield, make sure you do give uh, check us an email podcast at plain talking uk.com and um, we've got quite a lot of people g- attending so far i've got a nice yeah, little I've list of guests. camera now it's all fine it's okay yeah <laughs> and uh, we've got a good yeah good guest list for people uh, coming over to see us yep. flying in driving mm-hmm. in yep. um yeah it's going to be a great time yes hopefully the weather will fingers crossed yes. will be awesome yes and uh, if if we have, uh, you will hopefully over the weekend. Uh, I'm afraid, Carlos, over the weekend, all of those who have already been in touch. Yes, you may look, you may look concerned. Uh, all those who have been in touch are going to receive uh, an email this week about preliminary preliminary uh, plans. Uh, and uh, basically, if you haven't received an email by Monday and you are coming, poke me. Please do send us another email. <laughs> yeah. Basically, so uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you haven't heard from us come Monday, please do. Uh, it's got to get in touch again because it's probably 
gone. We have had a couple of problems with emails going astray. Yeah, we're going to uh, we're going to sort so. out the timings and stuff. Yep, and obviously, um, I will put in the email the details yep. of exactly where Seething Airfield is for those of you who are not yep. uh, you know local to the area. Uh, hopefully, we'll welcome as many as we can, many people yep. as we can to there. Uh, it will be a great day. So look forward to seeing you all there. So Indeed. social media links, Matt. Where can people find out about the show? Unknown. Oh, sorry, facebook.com forward slash Plain Talking UK. Our Twitter handle is at Plain Talking UK. Uh, you'll find us on Instagram and all sorts of things. Uh, just basically search social media for uh, Plain Talking UK. The website is www.plaintalkinguk.co.com, is it? Yes, dot com. Sorry, I'm having a, oh, a brain freeze. Yeah. And uh, yeah, basically, if you want to watch us on live, if you want to watch us live, we usually watch record us. the show on a Friday uh, or a Saturday morning. It depends a bit on what on everybody's yeah. schedule. But uh, uh, take yourself to youtube.com why not subscribe to our channel Ooh. and when we go live you'll get a little push notification on your phone or in your email to tell you that we are live and if you remember yeah if you remember. and <laughs> don't forget if you want to grab yourselves one of our ptuk mm. t-shirts myla is actually modeling one she for is us indeed. there we go there we very go. good yes very yeah. good yeah so if yes. you if you want to look as stunning as myla does in a ptuk t-shirt then Go to our website and click on the store button. Yeah, because uh, uh, we we go. Yeah, actually, we had a yes, uh, had yeah, a listener a, purchase. Uh, a chap by the name of Daryl Brown. Hello, Daryl. Thank you very much for your emails this uh, this week. Uh, he's actually living in Hong Kong, <gasps> but he's coming to Lowestoft. Would you believe? Oh, uh, why? So we're not. Why? Actually, well, I know, but <laughs> you know, he's you know, some people have family commitments okay. and they have to. <laughs> so you know, it's it's a little bit. So he's coming from the lovely, from a very lovely part of Hong Kong. It has to be said. Yeah, I don't. Uh, to to uh, to boring old Lowestoft. Where I, I'm going to hopefully meet up with him and deliver the T-shirt, t-shirt. in person. Wow, that's so, good. Uh, there that we is, are. That yeah, is so service. That is service. I think. So, Matt, yes. I did off. I did offer to take it to, to Hong Kong, but Carlos was less keen for some reason. I, I, I was going to say, well, you know, yeah. if we sell one in, in in Australia next, could you take that one out there as well? More than <laughs> delighted. Yes, absolutely. Okay. If you're paying Carlos, I'd be. Thrilled. We'll stick you on <laughs> yeah. that. We'll stick you on that flight, that direct flight from Heathrow, the uh, Qantas one. Was it 17 hours, Nev? Right. Yeah, to Perth. Yeah, I think I yeah. would love that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> economy yeah but but it's not a 757 so you uh, just enjoy it <laughs> yes well if it's not I, I won't do any complaints it is a dreamliner so it probably wouldn't be going anywhere that's true oh. <laughs> you see he's been quiet for so long and then he chips in like that doesn't he honestly Honestly, these these blooming cabin crew, you can never rely on them. Oh, uh, excellent. Well, <laughs> we're going to say a big thanks as well. Don't forget to or everyone who's joined us yep. in the YouTube chat room mm. this evening, watching the show live. Thanks to everyone who has mm. joined us in there. And uh, obviously, not forgetting as well, everyone who downloads, downloads the, show the show yes, as absolutely. an audio version on yep. iTunes and all the other amazing podcast yep. type apps that are available to download the show. Thanks to you guys as well. Yes. So that is where we're going to bring episode number 228 of the show to a close. Uh, Big thanks to Myla for joining us tonight. Thanks, Myla. She's still there. She's still there. And I'm having an amazing time, so thanks for having me. And also to David here. Thank you for coming over here and uh, and joining us live in the studio. No, the pleasure was all mine. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed it. And also to Brian. Thank you, Brian Coleman, for joining us on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great being here. Always a pleasure, my friend. Always and a pleasure. not forgetting Owen, who who dropped in to see us. I hope everything's going well for you, Owen, and uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Sorry for being a little bit late to the uh, to the party, but uh, <laughs> thanks for, <laughs> thanks for letting me on the show. And, uh, and yeah, it's been great. It's been great talking to you. 
Excellent. And always not forgetting Nev. The legend. The legend that is, that the is man, Nev. The man, the legend. The legend in his own lifetime. Nev, uh, <laughs> thanks for all your sterling work, as always. And yeah. let's not forget, we have got loads more <laughs> sterling work from Nev coming up in future episodes. Absolutely. Yeah, we've got lots of uh, Farnborough content to show you over the next few weeks. And, uh, yeah, plenty, plenty of stuff. And I should be bringing uh, the video gear to Seething as well. Uh, oh, be, uh, no. I'm not sure me and 4K are, f- are friends, to be <laughs> honest with you, Nev. I'm not going to lie. I don't think I'm going to look great in wide in widescreen. It has to be said. <laughs> and on that bombshell, yes, that's indeed. it for episode two two eight. Thanks again. Join us all next week for the next show. So here from here in the studio and from everywhere around the globe, where we all are. Goodbye. Everyone say goodbye. Goodbye. Everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Good night, everybody. Goodbye.